Warning. The following program contains explicit content. Discretion is advised. Previously on AFTN. In your eight years as a pro, have you been part of a rebuild of this scale? Yeah, I played for Toronto. What kind of shot is the reality of it? You know? Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Cold outside. Snowmageddon 2019 has hit. Polar vortex. Oh, terrible. <laughs> the cherry blossoms, I think, are going to stroll. Did they actually come out a little bit or no? I don't know. There's some oh. flowers in my neighbourhood. Oh. But it's a cold one. We are here, though, to warm the cockles of your heart. It's another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show, There's Still Time, on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And we will be joined shortly by Zachary Adam Meisenheimer, who's on his way in from Langley. Apparently it's pretty bad. The snow Mm. has actually hit out there. No, Langley did hit. I was there at 2.30 this afternoon. I left and it was pretty bad. And then I got to Surrey, like maybe after 1.52 and it was fine. It was weird Abbotsford that it was, was pretty bad. As I well. heard it was it was weird. Different sections, even coming here this tonight, it was like a certain point. It was like up the right up to drive up to UBC itself. Once you get out of Forty uh, First or whatever, fine, completely fine. Yeah, it's kind but, of it's been it's been a strange weather day, and it is chilly, but we will warm you up. If you're listening to this show in the podcast, this is episode three two one, and when I think of three two one, I think of this. Which not many folks are going to know what this is. This is the theme tune for uh, an ITV in the UK game show called 321. It was on in the late 70s into the early 80s. And it was a bizarre game show. There was couples taking part and then it got through to the final couple. And the star prize was usually a car. Okay, well, but the, that's a pretty big prize. Yeah. The booby prize was a, a dustbin, a garbage bin. Okay. And it was a character called Dusty Bin, but they actually gave them a, a real garbage bin. So, what they did, they had little sketches on the show, and then the couples had to try and work out what the prize was that they could possibly win from a clue that someone in the sketch gave. So, to, to give an example, 
here's one of the I, I dug out an, an episode that was on YouTube. So here here's a clue. See if you can work out what what this is. The clue was, and this was an episode that was set in the Wild West. Don't rush in. You could go bust. But your prospects are bright if you don't bite the dust. So you got to come up with a phrase? That no, matches? you have to think what that is a clue to. What oh. would that, if you kept that prize, what would that clue, what does that mean? What is that prize? Uh, gold? Oh, well done. Okay. I, I thought it was going to be like vacuum cleaners or like cleaning items no, no, for the house because of the dust bit. Because of gold rush. That's what... Uh, oh, now... And the brightness of gold and if, stuff like that. If you are already clued in to this mindset, you're going to like this because your Christmas present has arrived. Ooh. You if probably I, know this. In February. Out, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Okay. I, Christmas in February. Christmas pre-Valentine's Day. I think well, that's is, the best This one. is their song, I wish it was Christmas every day or something yes, like that. So uh-huh. why not? So it is when you rely on me ordering <laughs> Christmas presents for you. So I thought in the in the nature of 321, I would give you a clue as to what your present is and see if you could work it out. So here's a clue I wrote for you. How sweet are you? Maybe in a tin. If you have the power, then you might fit in. Well, that's harder. I thought, oh, I thought it said powder at first. So I assumed it was maybe you were talking about cocaine or something oh, like that. Oh, no, I haven't brought you cocaine. <laughs> I know we're international radio celebrities now, but I yeah. thought that's taking it too far. Yeah. So okay. he, here okay. is your present. So I'm going to open it right now. Yeah. Oh, it is a tin. Ah. Is it a game of some kind? The tin might be a bit of a, a throw-off for you. Oh, it is quality street. Quality oh, street chocolates it, oh, imported from go. the UK because I know you love your chocolate so much. Yeah. Obviously, that I is I can not, give this to the kids. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I know this. I do that all the time. I used to give uh, my kids uh, stuff in diaper boxes. Then once you've looked at the present, I will explain what how the clue fits into what this present is. This is radio. Okay, so this always. is definitely a clothing of some kind because it's yes. very soft. Oh, it's a t-shirt. Yes. Oh, oh, this is, oh, wow. This is the, the basically the elite. Yeah, I hope this fits. Oh, you this said, is fantastic. You gave me the size well, and I ordered not, the let's size. Not, let's not say this on load. I'm not going to, but that looks big. <laughs> That's fine. Okay. Uh, it'll be fine. Yeah, I think it'll work. Yeah, so oh, what, what it is, is the members oh, of the so elite uh, done as comic book heroes that, in oh, a no. comic book form. So it's got Cody, the Young Bucks, Hangman Page. Is Marty that Jericho? Skirl. No. No, I think it should be Hangman Page. That, that's Hangman Page down here. Oh, these are the Young Bucks. Okay, gotcha. They're, it was blonde. They're blonde. Ah, and that's yeah. why they threw me off. I think Kenny's on it as well. Kenny's on yeah, top. Kenny Omega. So we'll take a picture of this and tweet oh, it out. Oh, this is fantastic. So how this worked in with the clue is like how sweet you are. So it's in a sweet... Tin. Quality street yeah. sweets tin. Maybe in a tin. How do you spell tin? T-I-N. So it's a T in oh. a T-shirt in a tin. Oh, gotcha! And then you have the power because it's a superhero T-shirt, and I hope it fits you. Oh no, it will. I was so delighted to come up with that clue. I was telling Caitlin how excited I was, and she's like, I, it, "No, it, no it, one's going to have any clue what you're talking about." No, if you if you if you had something uh, about um, uh, like something with the elite or something, like, any kind of then I would. Well, also the sweet out. thing. I thought too sweet. That, yeah, oh, too sweet. That makes yes. sense. I didn't get that at all. I got the gold rush one. I was so excited with that. I got myself two T-shirts as well. I got a fantastic Tony, Tommy Chompa. I keep calling him Ch- Chompa. Chiampa. Tommy Chiampa. Psycho Killer T-shirt. It's Tommaso Chompa. I like. I still always call him Tommy. Yeah, he sells his shirts. Yes. Oh, he sells shirts now. He wasn't. Um, he wasn't for a while there. And I've got a Kevin Steen Evil Live Tattoo T-shirt. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. So I'll wear one of those next week. I didn't even see these out at all. 
I'm just a pro wrestling tease. I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. yeah. So it came from Chicago, which is why it kind of took so long. Yeah. So Merry Christmas. Sorry Thank for the you. delay. Oh, no worries. The original worth presents the I ordered, Steve, you and myself, still haven't arrived from China. So who knows when they're going to arrive. Yeah. No, this is well worth the wait. I uh, want to give an update as well on East Fife. We're not just stalling until Zach gets here. This was already or, originally in the plan. East Fife had their big Iron Brew Cup quarterfinal in Dublin on Saturday. Momentous day for the club. It's like playing overseas in a, in a quarterfinal. This was a match that was meant to have got played in November, but the Irish football season was over. So the Irish team said, oh, we the, can't play. And they were kind of disbanded yeah, or something like we that. we can't right? play. We don't have a team. We need to wait till we're in pre-season. So they kept it till February. About three to 400 East Fife fans flew over from Scotland to Whoa, Dublin for it. That's not bad. Because it's such a big game for us. Yeah. I seriously considered flying back for it because it, it's a big game. The game got called off five minutes before kickoff. For what The reason? pitch was frozen. The oh. referee had tried to see if they could unfreeze it. I said to all my friends that booked flights, I was like, I'm not risking it because it's February in yeah. the UK. It's always cold. The game's not going to be How'd they try to unfreeze it? Like pour gasoline on it? I, and I don't set know it on what fire did, or something? But absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Five minutes before kickoff. Everyone was in the ground. That happened to the Whitecaps too, the Voyagers Cup, when they, it, was after, it was after 26 minutes yeah. or some, something like that. It got called off. So. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, their SFA are meeting on Monday to see what's happening. We think it's now going to get played at East Fife's ground to make the, the Irish team yeah. do go over but the next round the semi-final is meant to be in two weeks and next Saturday is a Scottish Cup fifth round game so it's really put us in this shit but I I was so looking forward to it went to bed wishing East Fife well first thing I did when I woke up on Saturday morning was check the score and it's like postponed postponed what anyway but it's been another busy week in Whitecaps land another busy week of wheeling and dealing comings and goings yeah three new players officially in Scott Sutter a guy that no one was talking about. It wasn't on the radar at all, no. Huang Inboom. Yeah. And Jasser Kamiri. Yeah. Which, the big question is, does he have an E or does he not have an E? The white cap spelt it without the E. Elsewhere seems to spell it with an E. Yeah, we'll figure it out when he comes in. We'll ask him. Yeah. I'm sure he'll be good. able to let us know. But we'll play the Shaman's E's are good song. Yeah. Two players officially gone. Anthony Blondell, just on loan to Chile. Effie Juarez, two who knows where? Wasn't there like he's a... Gone. There was a team in Mexico that was... Linked, linked to, to Cruz Azul, which, which is, is a, a good move back for him. But it was puzzling to the supporters of yes. Cruz Azul. He, he didn't want to go back to Mexico, ideally. The reason he came here, he turned down bigger options and bigger salaries to stay in Mexico to come to Vancouver because he wanted to, a safer environment for his family. So in that regard, I do feel for yeah, him. Yeah, I do, yeah. And I know he's had a lot of stick online... I'll, I'll genuinely say this again. I had a lot of time for Effie. His performances on the pitch were pretty poor. Off the pitch, and as a person, he seemed really, really good. So, I mean, that that was one thing. Departures, though, not surprising. Best that they both moved on. Blondell, of course, could be back because it's just a, a one-year loan deal. He still has a two-year deal with the Whitecaps, so yeah. one of those is going to be spent on loan. It's an option to buy. Well, yeah, and the, and the, maybe the thing is, is is similar to Rivero where he impresses and some other team in Chile wants to buy him too, so it could be that as well. Yeah. Get the goals flowing again and who knows what will happen. We'll look at some of the additions now as well. We talked about Huang and Bom last week in depth, so we're not going to go into too much detail about that. Or are we? Yes, we are. <laughs> it's official now. He, he seems really promising, so... 
got a chance to speak to Mark DeSantos on Wednesday, myself and JJ Adams from the province, just before it was announced. So I thought we'd bring that to you now, because it hasn't been up, it wasn't recorded anywhere. So here's what MDS had to say on the signing of Wang and what it, what it means to, to the Whitecaps. When did he first come on your radar? Uh, since I arrived the first, even, you know, prior, a little bit before arriving. Um, he was brought to, to our attention and then because we we had a profile of another number eight that we wanted to bring into the to the roster, a midfielder that was able to play in the three positions of the midfield. Um, he was brought up, we started to look at him, and then every day, every game we were watching him, we were more and more convinced that this is a player that um, that that we have to do everything we can in our in our means to to bring him uh, to Vancouver so it was a very long process, um, you know, with the Asian Cup and him going to play for South Korea and being. It, the process was long. There was there was competition from other clubs, so um, it's a big move by the Whitecaps, but the ownership group and everybody to bring um, a player that is still very young uh, and a player that still has margin to progress a lot, but. We can't think that he's uh, he's like a savior, right? He's he's a player that has his characteristics, his qualities on the field, uh, and he's going to need some time to adapt to a new culture, a new a new club. It's his first time outside South Korea, so all that process we're going to be very supportive uh, of it. I mean, you beat out some some German clubs to to sign him if, if uh-huh. those rumors are true. What does that say about? Like how much he wants to play in MLS? Yeah, it's uh, we we did beat some some German clubs, um, so it shows that he understood the project that was also explained to him. Uh, Greg did a great job in in South Korea, where he spent a lot of time, and 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 it was again a long process. So to sell him what we're about, what we want to do, um, them seeing or these young players seeing that. Okay, I could go to MLS. I could play uh, in Vancouver, and look what happened with Afonso. Look what happened in Atlanta with Almiron. Um, there's other moves that I know about that are gonna happen from MLS players going to Europe. So uh, it's changing. Uh, the league is changing when it comes to that. So players are seeing it as a, a huge opportunity, also. The YP Lee have any uh, involvement in this, uh, Mark? YP Lee, did, we did ask YP Lee to speak also with the players, selling what we're about in the club. Uh, and YP Lee just said that, look, I, I've played here years ago and I still live here. So that's what I think about Vancouver. So, yeah, YP Lee was also one of the tools we used to, to talk with the player and to explain uh, what, what we're about here. Anything from uh, Paulo Bento? Did he, uh... Yes, I did speak with him for a long time also um, about his characteristics, everything, and we had a, a long talk about that. And, and, and yeah, he, one of the things uh, that Wong was concerned with was in the beginning, if he comes here, is he still going to be called for the national team? And, and no, Paulo reassured him that he will continue a very good option for the national team. He believes... Also, the coach of South Korea believes in in where the MLS is going. So, so yeah, there was a lot of pieces that that moved in um, a long process before everything got done. A lot of the Korean <coughs> journalists have been really high on what the future holds in store for Wang. 
obviously you don't want to put too much pressure on him, but what what can he bring to this team and to MLS? Yeah, it's important not to think that he's coming here and he's the, the, the he's going to score against everybody, you know, because it's not true. He's a player that gives a lot of rhythm in the midfield, uh, so he's he could play in the number six, the number eight role. He's even as, as a number ten if we would play with a number ten. He's just very comfortable with the ball. He's not afraid to to be in possession, to give rhythm to the team. He has a very good last pass, um, and that's the type of player that 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 we're looking at in Wang. And um, everything has to be linked towards us getting to the goal and finishing. And he's going to be a player that's going to help us in the process of getting in the last third. And when you first took over, you mentioned that like Korea, China were places that you were looking. Yeah. I think Huang's maybe only the fourth Korean player to be in MLS. Uh-huh. Do you feel that's an untapped market for, for this? League? I feel there's a lot of market. I feel, unfortunately, sometimes there's a, a fashion trend in the MLS. Let's say a team signs a player from Chile does well and many teams go to Chile to try to find a player uh, we're not like that we don't want to be about that uh, soccer is universal there's incredibly gifted players in, in Africa in Asia in Europe in South America in CONCACAF we have to do our homework so when you profile a, a player in your head you can't limit yourself by markets and we don't do that we make sure that we surround ourselves with a lot of people that could help us get to to certain markets and then uh, see if the player is the right uh, player for our model. Interesting stuff there from Mark DeSantos on... It's, I think it's Wong. Wong and Boom. Oh, okay. So, but it's not like Wong, like W-O-N-G. It's a kind of a different... Yeah, like Wong. Pronunci- yeah, yeah, yeah. Pronunciation, yeah. And we are joined by Mr. Wong himself. What? I don't know. Zachary had a mic. Oh, sorry, your mic was yeah. down. The volume was, was like, sorry. I was like, it sounded funny. <laughs> oh, so no one probably heard what you just said. No. Oh, yeah, okay. it's, it's Wong, I believe. Okay. Anyway, Zach has joined us now. Did how did Chris get honey, bo- honey, honey boom? boom. Yeah. I d- apparently, that's what it sounded like when the commentators uh, were okay. were seeing it in the Asian Cup. Mm. He does look a great prospect. He was named one of the ten best players at the Asian Cup today. He was named to the the tournament eleven. There are concerns around him. I think. Perhaps the biggest being, he's had an MCL injury. He's been at the Asian Cup with the MCL injury. Some folk were saying on Twitter that he's had some injections whilst he was there. They, they were speculating. Yeah. yeah. How an injury like that, when he is still recovering, fares on a turf surface is going to be a, a, a big question. And it, it's like not being negative, it's a, it's a genuine concern. When but, you've had a knee injury, it's... Not the best surface, but the you. team has put him through the medical, and so oh, yeah. if, the, if they're okay with it, and I don't think he's going to be uh, pushed into the lineup right no, away. He's gonna so he's, he's going to get eased in. I think Kamari the same way. It's similar to both of them because they're first time out of the country. Yeah, I liked your article on, on, on him last week or whatever. Uh, I thought it was balanced and good. Where you because you talked about yeah, this is a risk. Uh, there is great potential upside but there are a, a few potential ditches that, you know that could be falling fall yeah into. well the, I mean, the, the whole kudo thing as well still sticks in my mind because he came over very similar highly thought of not i don't think as highly thought of because wong does seem to be really really highly thought of. and a different type of player yes and he just didn't really seem to settle here there was a whole he had a bit of language thing obviously he got clattered in an early game which didn't help as well yeah yeah, I that. think that the Whitecaps will help him settle in. YP Lee will help him settle in. 
Uh, but the thing is, is uh, I, I heard somewhere that his parents, his, no, his mother and his brother came over to Vancouver to check it out first oh. before they signed. I, I heard that somewhere. I, I wish I could confirm where I heard it, but it must have been on one of the other interviews. About we should, let's just say back east. Mm. <laughs> I love when you say that. Oh no, but yeah, but uh, I I heard that, that that they kind of showed the like, or maybe it was on video or something. They showed how Vancouver was and everything like that. So there was and definitely a big some, Korean lot of information as well. There so is, they'll yeah. help him settle in. It's just how on the pitch as well, the whole football environment, the, the pace, the physicality of yeah. it. Yeah, I, I don't expect to see him as a starter right away. Possibly not even for a couple of months. I, I do think they'll ease him in gently there. That was an interesting thing I found in your article. Where you're, I, I, that, I hadn't thought about that until you wrote that. And I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that could could be the case. For me, Felipe would be the guy that would be the starter, yeah. I think. Oh, for sure. It, it, I think that the, the awkwardness of that is accentuated if he is the only designated player to start in March. Like to be here in March. Yeah. Well, we but, don't know about these strikers. But understandable. I think one of them is probably going to be a designated player. But you never know. It could be two TAM signings. Yeah. Only uh, TAM in the fact that they don't want to use a designated spot and save it for the summer. They, they, these mm. guys could be designated type players, but they, they don't want to use them down as well. Later yeah. on. He's, he's going to be a young designated player. Yeah. We still don't know when he's going to be arriving. MDS uh, joked on radio during the week that he might not arrive till after Hawaii. So he might, uh, he might reveal him on Valentine's Day as a special... Romantic gift to the the Whitecaps, a gift of love to the Whitecaps. What's fans. the date? Is it the fifteenth, sixteenth? Is the day against the LA game? Well, they're, they're training here the twelfth to the fifteenth, and then they fly to LA on the fifteenth. So it's a little bit. I think it's maybe the sixteenth. Yeah. So th- that's the day that MDS has marked as like everyone who's going to be a part of kind of March second. Yes, will, will he be wants with the squad in that LA camp. By, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a, a nice little tweet from AFTN writer Jay Duke. He tweeted out that who doesn't want Hong and Bum for, for Valentine's Day? Ease it in gently. The first official new edition of the week was announced on Wednesday. Experienced right back Scott Sutter joined from Orlando. Fourth signing from the Purple People Eaters in recent years. We've had Breck Shea. What a success. We had Jose Aha. What a success. PC Gyro. Who, Who knows yet? <laughs> his English isn't great. Once he's more comfortable doing English, I want to do a, se- a series of skits <laughs> with him and Zach McMath. Mac and PC. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> that might have to wait a bit as well. Yeah. Um, but now weeks. we've got Scott Sutter, who has not lost his English accent. I joked him about that on Wednesday when we spoke to him. He said, oh, can you imagine if I had a kind of hybrid German-English accent? He said, I wouldn't do any interviews if I sounded like that. But he's experienced. He's got a really good pedigree. Do you find it strange, though, that we've added two players from the the worst defence in all of MLS to join a defence that was the fourth worst in MLS? Yeah. So, yeah, that is, in one sense, that sounds concerning. But uh, there's a lot of moving parts to this, right? And it's a lot to do with coaching yeah. and, and style. And, and PC everything. might get used more as a left winger by the, by the looks of today's scrimmage, for a, an example. I, I know that unlike AHA, Orlando was uh, fans were disappointed to see Sutter go or yes. leave or something. So, yeah. so he was a fan favorite there. This this past week was uh, the uh, was Alain Rochat's birthday. So I was messaging with him, and he he responded and spoke very highly. Oh, of, of course, because they're both with young boys together. Yeah, and or was it Zurich back in the day too? Oh, 
Um, anyway, he just said he, he spoke very, um, very highly of him. He's had a 16-year career as a pro, 14 in Switzerland, 2 in MLS. He's played in the top flight of the Swiss League, UEFA Champions League, Europa League. He's had two caps for Switzerland, albeit way back in 2010, but still international experience. Is this the experience the Caps have been needing to add to the team? I said last week, I've said in some articles, I wanted a bit more experience in the squad. Yeah. To me, he's a perfect, oh, for sure. perfect, perfect person. Especially he can push Nowinski and still support him in a yeah. way. So I think he's Well, like, yeah, and that's exactly what he said. We got a chance to, to speak to him on, on Wednesday as well. Let's play that for you now. So Scott, how excited are you to, to be in Vancouver? Really, really excited. Really, uh, yeah, everything went everything went really quickly. So um, it's it's nice to be here. Uh, it was a long day yesterday, flying over and everything, but it's uh, it's great to finally be here and um, to finally have my first day and meet the guys and and see the amazing training ground. It's it's yeah, it's been a pretty cool day. When did you first learn that, that Mark was interested in bringing you here? Um, it was probably middle of middle of January. That uh, that there was first interest uh, expressed, so um, it was a bit up and down. It was there was interest, and then it went quiet, and then there was, and so it's just kind of how it is in football. So, um, but then when it when it went down, it, it happened really quickly. So it's been a quick a quick transition, that's for sure. Yeah, you're coming to a squad as well. It's a really young squad. Yeah, you're obviously coming in one of the veterans of the team. Are you looking forward to taking on that leadership role? Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, obviously, um, when there was first interest expressed, I looked. Um, I looked at the team and saw how young it was and how much uh, uh, turnover there has been. It's, you know, there's a lot of new players coming in, uh, myself included, and and now I think I'm I might actually be the oldest one here. So it's uh, it's I'd say on one side it's nice, and one on, on the other side it's heartbreaking. <laughs> it's gone so quick. I used yeah. to be one of the youngest ones, and now I'm, I'm the oldest. But it's no, it's, it's it's a challenge that I that I really look forward to. I love. Um, I love working with younger and uh, eager players, um, and and want to help them improve as well any way I can. Um, so it will be definitely an exciting time to be to be here. Were there other factors, uh, Scott, that, uh, that brought you here? Um, well, there was a lot of a lot of factors. I mean, when when you know I initially knew that it was that Vancouver were interested, it was one of the the places uh, in the MLS that that I would have loved to have gone to, um, and I got a few friends that that live here or that live close by in Victoria um, and I've heard a lot of good things about about the, not just the city but the club and 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 also Mark as well um, I know a couple of players that have played under him before and they all rave about him and um, it's like I said before it's, it's just a really exciting time for me to be here and to be kind of uh, you know involved in in the club and and can't wait to get started. Did you call PC and ask him what his uh, experience had been like so far? I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I think my wife had had been in touch with uh, with his wife. I didn't want to like kind of get ahead of myself when I knew that it might be a possibility. I didn't want to, you know. I waited to literally the last minute to to kind of do my research and kind of look at, at places online and stuff like that. I didn't want to get ahead of myself and then nothing came of it. So, um, uh, but I, I know, like, I didn't need to ask him to know that this is uh, a great place to be. Coming to a club as well, Jake Nowinski's obviously been a starter here for a couple of years now. You're going to have a battle for for that starting spot. Is that something you relish still at, the, at your age? Yeah, sure. I mean, of course. You know, you, every every player wants to play. Everyone wants to be a starter. That's that's part of the game and and uh, competition 
in places is, is is part of it and and you know I know I know Jake uh, what he can do I know he's a good player and I look forward to to pushing him for for that position um you know just for the for the good of the team so uh, and if it's not me I will work even harder to to try and make it be my position and and if not I'll do my best to support him and and the rest of the team and like I said it's it's part of part of the game and we're all in the same boat and all want to achieve the same thing so um it's it's a nice position to be in you had a really long career over in Switzerland. What was it that brought you to MLS a couple of years ago? Um, I was, you know, just on a kind of a personal level. I've always been a, a big fan of, of the States and, and uh, spent a lot of uh, many vacations here. I'll say holidays to you, but vacations <laughs> over here. Um, so I, I always liked it. I always wanted to come over here to live here at some point and wanted to obviously combine that with, with football. So it was uh, the, the opportunity came up. Um, I enjoyed a, a really good career in Switzerland and played some very memorable, memorable international games, which have, which have been great. And and I just thought it was the right time in my career and kind of my life as well, and and the life of my wife as well. So it was a decision we made to come over here. And and despite the struggles in in from the football aspect on a personal level, it's been it's been a great experience. And look forward to the next one. And how have you found the quality of the league compared to what you were used to? <clears throat> I think it's. Uh, it's it's a lot better than I think people give it credit for abroad, and I think it has grown like on a on a like an, uh, another level within the last ten fifteen years. I think um, of what I understand and what I see, and and you just need to look at the the stadiums, the crowds, the interest in in the game, uh, and and the players that are here, and the players that it's drawing in, and also the players that are leaving the league, going on to to you know top uh, leagues in Europe. Um, so I do think it's it's grown and, and it's uh, it has impressed me um, and that's why I keep on telling people back home. It looks like Mark's going to play <coughs> a style of never rest, always moving, high pressure all the time. Are you Is that something you're used to or is that something different for you? Um, in my time in Switzerland, it was something that I was used to. Uh, we were one of the, the teams or one of the top two teams in the in the league and, and it was kind of our philosophy to... To always want to dominate, always want possession of the ball, and I think it's uh, it fits me as well. I want the ball as much as possible. Uh, I don't want to be too long without the ball. So the fact that we will want a high press and and you know in, in, in football it's a game of, of uh, a thousand mistakes. So there will be misplaced passes, there will be loss of possession, and it's just about how quickly we can recover that possession. And I think that's what Mark is about. The what I've spoken to him and what I saw in training today. Uh, that's something that he uh, he regards very highly, and I think that's uh, that's something we'll try and do. And yeah, very much looking forward to it. Last year, uh, heading into the start of the season with Orlando, there was a lot of excitement. People, there was a lot of optimism. <clears throat> Team looked really good on paper, and then yeah, the wheels kind of fell off there in the yeah. middle of the season. What it, uh, what happened? In, in uh, yeah, it was it was obviously like you said, it was a lot of high hope. Um, we made a we had a good off season. Off season. Um, a uh, few well, we had a lot of play, new players coming in, which is is never easy. But that's that wasn't an excuse. I mean, we started the the season well, um, and then after we had a lot of injuries, especially to our back line, myself included, and um, John Spector, our, our captain at the time, and um, it wasn't an easy uh, two three months that that we were there and and uh, went on a kind of a record breaking losing streak, which was unfortunate, but. Um, yeah, it was. It, it, you can't really put your finger on what was the what was the problem. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's, it's one of always these things that sometimes you win five, six in a row and, and other times you, you lose five, six and you lose that belief and confidence and it's just the way it goes. Everything goes against you and it happened many times last season, which was tough to take, but it's just the way it is and yeah, look forward now. Thank you. Great. Thanks, okay. All right, guys. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Thank enjoy, you. Enjoy how I think we all know about losing six goals here. <laughs> Did it happen a couple times? The Johnny Russell match. But yes, Scott Sutter sounds a, a great addition. Sounds like he's going to be really supportive of, of Jake as well, he's, even if he's not the, the starter. I would not be surprised if at some point in the season he does claim the, the starter's position. Just a hunch I've got, but... When you also like to talk up the fact that you I think within MLS Jake is someone you could move and get something for. Oh if, yes. If you wanted to. Definitely. Or if you felt the need to or yeah. you need to open space or you need to get gam or whatever. Yeah. Something that struck me uh, uh with Sutter. He struck you? <laughs> That's crossing the line. I think I mean I might I'm just going with his accent. <clears throat> I think he will like a chocolate digestive. Just another hunch. Anyway, we'll be back with more Whitecaps chat. After this. Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I will a chip, a gravy twice. Will I put in chips and peas and two fried rice? Put baby on a plate and a sweet and sour pork. And half a dozen spirits and a nakisaki sauce. I will a chip, a gravy twice. Will I put in chips and peas and two fried rice? Put baby on a plate and a sweet and sour pork. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. The song there, Nagasaki Sauce, by the Mac Lads from Macclesfield in England. A group that has been banned from gigs in 16 cities and counties throughout England. Banned from gigs in the US. Not banned in Scotland. We've, we've let them in. Or Canada, I don't Do think. we want to know why they're banned? They were, back in the day, deemed a little bit offensive. Mm. So back in, bit, back in the day, a little bit offensive. Yeah, it was different, equals different, like highly different offensive times, Zach. <laughs> different times. Isn't now, that, though, they've that, reformed and they're selling out gigs and they're being hailed as like lyrical geniuses. So different times, does that mean they're going to be on your other YouTube show? Well, <laughs> they're actually going to be our wavelength band for tonight oh. as well. I originally had that, but I wanted to get a, a song about Nagasaki because we play Vivar in Nagasaki on Friday, Whitecaps, first pre-season friendly, wearing my t-shirt in honour of Nagasaki as well this evening. Mm. And the original song I was going to play was punk band Crass, Nagasaki Nightmare. I thought it was maybe a bit too dark. Then I thought Atomic by Blondie. So I thought, no, let's go with something more upbeat. Nagasaki Sauce by the Mac Lads. The only bit of that song that probably would be allowed to get played on the radio. Their wavelength song is fantastic. Swearing throughout, but I think we, we're we going to have a show with swearing. 
because we're going to speak to Nick Dazovich. Yeah, he's the cause of the Arab Solar yeah. story in this one. And there's a, there's a few expletives let go in Nick, that. Nick spoke very freely. Oh, yeah. I loved that. That's my favourite interview of the year so far. <laughs> it's going to take some beating, actually. It was a really, really good interview. It was fun. Yes. But that song, though, was for the Caps' Hawaii trip. They're in Hawaii. Played a scrimmage today. The blue team beat the green team 1-0. Jordi Reyna, last-minute winner. Yeah. Uh, they showed a couple highlights. The the Arisi uh, it was mentioned on Twitter too. A tip, uh, he tried to uh, chip it over um, Crepo, and Crepo was able to tip it over the bar. Uh, that was good. And then they showed the Reina goal, um, just across from the other side, and he was able to zip it past Crepo. The green team they had a lot of younger players. Yeah, it was a lot uh, of the so academy was, guys. Yeah, so the blue team you could read in. Possible first choice lineup: McMath and Goal, yeah, Norwinsky and Levi's, Cornelius and Henry. It's been but a lot of the guys aren't here yet, so there's yeah, there's it's that been the well. players that have been here the longer time, yeah, yeah. Sadly, we are in cold Vancouver though, and not warm Hawaii because I don't know what happened. There must have been a kind of snafu. This is what happens when you don't book through the AFT and travel <laughs> agency. Our Hawaii tickets, flight tickets, never arrived. Fucking Canada Post. That's all I'm going to say about that. Probably sitting in some warehouse somewhere with the Christmas presents that I originally got you two and my hat. (laughs) That's never coming from China. If I ever get this hat, I am going to be stunned. Anyway. I'm sorry you guys couldn't go to Hawaii. Yeah. I think, to be fair, it was expensive. I'm sure they're going to give us a free hoop jersey instead. Because that's what they do. They give media these freebies. I once spoke to Cam Tucker at the Metro who said, every year the Whitecaps send them like a welcome to the season pack and it has a kit in it. And the kits go in a drawer. And he said, oh, I've got all the kits. Do you want them? Because I never wear them. They're just sitting in a drawer. We would wear them on radio. Has he given them to you? No. Oh. He's left the Metro now. Oh. Anyway. Anyway, let's get back to the football talk. Let's start talking about Rim Cup. Because the Pacific Rim Cup... It's starting on Friday. We do play Nagasaki. Next Sunday is a final, so we could have a final to talk about. Yeah, it's Isn't an automatic uh, berth into the final if they win in the yeah. first game. Yes. <laughs> it's a, like Toronto and the a, Canadian it's, it's Championship. A, it's a one-game round robin, <laughs> <laughs> and then they just make it to the final. But these preseason friendlies, <clears throat> it's going to see the battle for, for the starting spot. And we saw the first event in this little scrimmage today. So one of those battles is going to be right back. So we heard before the break, Scott Sutter there talking a, a, about it. What, what's your thoughts on the, the addition of him to the team in terms of challenging Nurbinski? I, I just said there that I think he might get the start of spot by some point of the season. Do you see that? Or do you see... Like, I mean, do you feel there's a, a genuine challenge for it in pre-season? Or is it Jake's... I think Jake is it's Jake's to lose if he doesn't play well or come out like like last year he didn't come out of uh, the camp that strongly and uh, Franklin got quite a few starts uh, mm. I think early in the season although Jake did start oh I was gonna say did Jake start we were in the Champions League last year it's all blurring into one yeah it, he was he, he was he he struggled even in Hawaii to like really get up to um, I don't know if it was fitness or just on the ball of what they wanted. So he he struggled well, preseason last year. So we'll I, I have brought my Hawaiian barbecue chips with me yeah. for the show tonight. Maybe annual tradition. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I, gen- I generally think there is a chance. Uh, I also think there is a, a, a 
I don't think this is like uh, in the in the cards right now, but I think there's a chance that depending on how they play, they could they could move on Jake at some point. Yeah, if they needed to. Um, I'm not saying I want that to happen, but I could see that happening. Um, I, I, the other thing is, uh, Jake uh, uh, Jake plays in a position that we haven't seen it yet, or I haven't seen it yet. Maybe you've seen more than I have, but Jake plays in a position that should. Uh, should MDS want to go three five two? Fit yeah. his strengths. Yeah, yeah. He, he he has and Jairo as well. Would I like? You yeah, he has. He has some. Oh, or Brett actually I seems think, to be. A I think player. he has the the going forward that that MDS will want. Um, I don't know if he'll have the two the, the fully the two way mm. in that in that well, spot. At, at one point in the scrimmage game today, apparently they did push Levi's forward, and he was playing more in a, in a left wing role, mm. but. MDS is very high on Jake, so don't think that sort of coming oh. in is definitely him on his way out. Let, let's hear some thoughts from from De Santos on on what he's thought of Nerwinski past and now. And you've added Scott Sutter today as well. Yes, a lot of experience he's bringing to this the team. Yes. What, what's he going to mean to this? It was important that we we believe a lot in Jake, and even before we brought Scott in, I had a conversation with Jake that I've been fairly very happy with him I actually had uh, maybe being in another bench last season my vision of Jake was very superficial you know I had an opinion like I have of every player but now working with Jake for these days I realized that there's a lot of potential he could even become a better player Um, so with that being said we needed somebody in such a long season with the more condensed schedule uh, the Canadian Championship, we need players to be backed up in every position. Scott has an incredible experience, not only in MLS, but in, in Switzerland also. Uh, he's a player that's coming here to try to fight and get minutes and, and get the spot, and everybody understands that. And uh, we also wanted to bring a player that we have a young roster out here, a player that could bring some experience to the locker room, that knows the league. So it was uh, a no-brainer to when we we heard of the opportunity of bringing Scott. It was that happened very quickly because it was a no-brainer for us. MDS there with his thoughts on Jake Narabinski and also on the addition of Scott Sutter. MDS, MDS is, is very, clearly very high. high on Jake, but Sutter is a quality addition. He likes to have the ball and get forward. He can also play left back at a push as well, but in MLS, he scored four goals and had six assists from his 51 appearances. He seems a good signing. We've previously talked about the goalkeeping battle. Across the defence is competition for places, which is what MDS wants across the whole team. He said he wants at least one depth player at each position that can battle and be the starter. These preseason games will shed a, a, a light on a lot of this, but you've got Levi's as left back, you've got Gyro possibly pushing him. You have to feel it's Levi's to hold or to lose because Gyro did not get a good... He didn't have a good reputation as a left back in Orlando. Folks said he was always better playing further up the field. And Marcel de Jong, you have to feel he's probably going to be on the way out eventually but I think he stays initially um, well that's what I think um, uh, that day we were looking for Effie he, he was also not to be found that day mm. <laughs> he had, he's had a bit of a, an injury oh yeah to, that's right to he had, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, well, yeah, that would. I like Marcel, so that would be kind of unfortunate. Um, but yeah, there is obviously two players who can play left back or, or left wing or, or whatever. I thought you guys would be most excited about the the setter thing is the fact that um, it means that Michael Petrasso's not coming. I was delighted by that. Yeah, I was looking forward to sending Steve to try and not talk to him. <laughs> The last new addition of the week was a player we spoke about last week, Jasser Kamiri. More competition to the centre-back thing. But then the other name that's come out this week is the Argentine centre-back, Eric Godoy, which should be announced. I was expecting it by now, so it should be announced in the next day or so. Well, they're not going to do it on the weekend. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, they have sometimes, but he's, yeah. he's 25. I thought he was older, but he's got seven seasons under his belt. Very, like Daniel Henry. It's like two guys that are still relatively young, but they've got a lot of pro experience. For me, he comes in and he's going to be the first choice starter, I would think, alongside Henry. Maybe initially you've got Cornelius and Henry because of the understanding, but you have to think it's going to be Godoy and, and Henry going forward. Will Godoy be free? Do we know that? I don't know. Because he's they, on they, loan for the option to buy, I think. Okay. I could have sworn I saw this because they paid for Jasser, right? Yeah. Mm. It's a minimum. I think it, I, from what I heard, it was a minimal, and with uh, like the percentage sell-on fee. Okay. Yeah, I think because I, I think that does weigh into their their plans, or yeah, it, it shows. Uh, yeah, the more you put into a player, the more likely you're wanting them to be a starter. There seems to be natural. a little bit aside of, from Brexit, I guess. Well, yeah, <laughs> there seems to be a little bit of a. Hiccup with Godoy at one point because his club colon were like, no, he's he's not coming out of the colon. It could have been one guy in the organization who just put that out there, even though somebody else would already been working on yeah. it. It's, it's, well, it's, 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 it's not. It's, it's, uh, it can be good to have like a nasty Argentine central defender in your side. Yeah. Who like every other team will hate, but like you will love. But commentation is fierce. We've seen it at the training sessions we've been at, and it's continued. The whole camp here in Vancouver was like fierce, intense, non-stop. So MDS spoke a little bit about that as well, very quickly. Let's see what he had to say. I've been like that since I started my career. I just believe that I have a belief in training that was given to me by important teachers and, and people that impacted my life in coaching. And I believe that you were creatures of habits. If you you can't go and train all week in a in a relaxed way, and then expect that in the game you switch on. If you want to be a team that is about something, you have to train that something. Um, so we don't want to go to MLS games and stand still, or go to MLS games and be relaxed. So the week has to to reflect what we want to be about on the field. So intense stuff. Like to see that. If we look at the additions that that have been made, this would be a good time to look at the additions. Yeah, it would be. Irisi had a good first game in White Cats colours today. At training, he's been spraying the ball about the pitch, which is easy to do at training in a in a proper match. A little bit more difficult, but he does look like the first really good ball player we've got like that since Pedro Morales. He looks like he's going to be the six. Yeah. So the deep line guy, get a couple of guys pushed forward. We know there's the strikers coming in. We just don't know who they are yet. Whether it's maybe a designated player, two TAM players, hopefully two quality guys pushing each other with really good records. The fact that there's nothing leaked out about that is kind of interesting as well. 
You've also got Jordi Reyna. He's looked pretty sharp in the training that I've seen so far. Scored today. Had our goal of the season at, at training last week, as, <laughs> as we talked about. Where do you see him fitting in though? Like MDS is saying he's going four three three. He today he played on the right side. That's where he scored the goal from. And they said he would look really dangerous there. And I remember the four three three. Like you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but the wingers are a little tighter mm. to the striker. They're not playing. Oh, 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 oh well, you right? can you can play it. You yeah. can play either yeah. one. And but as you've talked about, they yeah. can like completely and, interchange. But you've got Venuto and Bangura, yeah. who are more right wingers. Yeah. So maybe they'll play on the offside because they yeah. just want to be able to shoot from their inner foot or whatever. So I don't know. I, I personally like inverted wingers. That's one of the things I've loved about watching Bayern over the last decade is having inverted wingers. As much as I'm not a big Aryan Robin uh, fan, yeah. How, how did uh, they go on this weekend? Yeah, not great. Mm. Not great. Oh, okay. both Ribery and Rob, Ribery, and Rob Here's, uh, You won the bet. He mentioned Bayern before uh, noon. Here's the, <laughs> oh the, yeah, the I mentioned his fighter yeah. before he came yeah, in. Yeah. 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 Oh, I heard that part. Um, so I give you that money back. Oh, there you go. No, it's even. So I, 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 I like that. We'll see what we'll see who does. You're right, though. I think there are three guys who can play uh, on the wing that are all right-footed. I mean, he has to be a star. I mean, if he extended his contract along with Felipe, so you have to think. So yeah, that, that extension, I don't know. I was a little bit surprised. Yeah, but it could be to add value to him for a future sale as well. I was going to say that. That was, that one was the immediate thing I thought. Same, same with me, because a guy who's got one year left or less than a year, whatever, then the value goes yeah. down. As he has a good start to the season as yeah. well. He could be a guy that moves on this summer as much as you want to keep your yeah. your best guys. There's so many additions. Uh, like Even the likes of Kamiri, folk are like, you think Kamiri won't be a star? You'd have him below Henry. It's like, yeah. Henry's experienced. I, I think he's below Cornelius at this point because well. of the experience. I know eventually... He could be up there and by pass, like in training, he keeps working. He, they show how skilled he is. So, he could pass all these guys, but right now he's number four. In a similar chart. way to uh, Huang and Mom is going to have to make his way through mm. the the team. I, I, I think I think so. I think Kamiri is a little bit less. Um, like uh, when you look at his, uh, like I don't know if they have everything on. Um, his resume on yeah, transfer was, market. Wasn't much there wasn't any under uh, twenty teams or under eighteen games that he played a lot. He didn't play very many national games, so he could be just a you know a diamond in the rough that they just maybe they they saw something mm. in him and then somebody suggested it and now they wanted to pursue it. Right. So it's funny how so many folk online there become experts in these players that we'd never heard of like a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> The, the, it's, it's fitting these guys in. I, I genuinely don't think MDS is going to have like a set starting lineup because he wants to integrate the young guys as no. well. So I think there will be a lot of rotation. Yeah, that's one of the concerns for me is as good as it is to have uh, a more experienced, I guess you could say more talented player or more offensively talented player in a reset coming to play the sixth role. Like that sounds exciting. Like that sounds a positive thing. <clears throat> it does make me question... You know what does that mean for David Norman? Yeah, you know, like he's going to be down the picking order because bench guy, maybe, maybe not, because Rusty looks like he's going to be the bench right. guy. Right. So you, is, Andy Rose, is he fighting like with Andy Rose, man, Rusty, really. and him fighting for one of one well, spot or one of three? Initially, spots I feel or, like one of them is going to be starting while uh, possibly Embalm yeah. is getting used to it. Yeah. I, one of them would definitely start. Like either whether it be Tybert or possibly, Rose. but then you could have your th- midfield three of Arisi Felipe. Because even if it's it, even, like, whether it's a six and two eight, even or if it's six, three, eight and ten. even if it's three at the back, you're still going to have yeah. like a central. It's probably going to be a six and two eights. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Oh no, I, well, you know, to start with, but when the South Korean comes in, I think it's going to be a six and eight and a ten. 
Mm. Well, did he play for the Sounders before? No, I just I, I don't, don't want to mispronounce his game. name again. <laughs> What's wrong with that? But you also like David Norman. That's a great example. And then we're wanting to see these guys integrated. I Vertical think integration. Most man. of them are going to get the time off the bench, and yeah, which, which is better than no time. Definitely. I, I just ask Alfonso Davies. But MDS talked about like this vertical integration quote that I put out on Twitter. Here's exactly what he said about that. Uh, I'm focusing a lot on um, investing time in with the academy players. You know, we can be a, a club that talks about this vertical integration and then we don't live it. There's so many, there's still six to seven players that are going to arrive in the roster. So with that be, that are not here yet today so without without saying that i we have academy players that are going to travel to hawaii uh, academy players that are going to go with the team and i i want to accomplish something that i we invested in them and they get out of that camp better players so um so yeah uh, i think that where we're going to have all the team and all the players together we're looking more at the camp in la so uh, why we want to make sure that these young players that we're going to be using also during training and during the season get a lot of experience in this trip in Hawaii. Vertical integration, definitely the fine lines of this year. I'm all for it. It's way better than fine lines. It is great to hear him talk like that. He mentioned there's another six or seven players that, that, that's going to be coming in. We know that Huang's one, Kamiri's one, Godoy looks to be that. So that that's two. leaving three. Sutter no, two. this was after Sutter oh, had come in. So that, that leaves three or four. Yeah. So the two strikers, obviously. So then you're left with one or two. What's left to fill? A, a proper left winger? Possibly, yeah. Unless they do push Brett forward or Gyro or they have Venuto or, or, or Bandura over, yeah. who can do that. They've got... He's kind of a DMCM Brazilian... Uh, Mateus Queiroz that's in camp just now the Orange Heels right? Orange Heels yeah. yeah a lot of the young lads as well have impressed so there could be some homegrown signings I mean who knows but he did kind of talk about players coming in so that kind of maybe rules out Queiroz as well because he's already here yeah. in the camp yeah he, well but he's not signed so technically there'll be a guy coming in yeah he he wants the the young guys to play though which is good I think there's going to be a lot more opportunities just in general for academy talent at the club. Whether in the first team, whether it's in this development squad, the development squad are going to be playing regular scrimmages against the first team. They're getting integrated in the training. I mean, all of that's fantastic. Yeah. And the thing is, a lot of people are like uh, mentioning online that they're concerned about how late these signings are, especially for the strikers. If you look at their history, like I went back and looked at the signings and yeah. everything. Well, Hasley arrived the week before or less than a Mar- March before. 4th, uh, before their March 19th game. Mm. Camilo was signed March 17th, even though he was there earlier. As a, as he a was thing. on trial for a while. Only, Mar- yeah. only 2016 and 2018 were there no signings just like a week or two before the game match. Those and were the only two years. Rick Shea was late coming in as well. The, the latest was uh, Christian Teixeira, who signed on April 9th. Well, like a month into the season. So I wouldn't be too concerned with the late no. signings. There, there, is, there is a little bit of chemistry issues. I mean, yeah. that is definitely He's, something. I think people are concerned about it, Steve, because it isn't like one or two yeah, late turnovers. It's, it's a whole bunch. Yeah. There was an inter- interesting tweet that was uh, retweeted by Russell Beresford this uh, afternoon. Is this from Stephen Caldwell? No, this is oh. from Elliot uh, McKinley. 
Um, uh, basically, Columbus is the team that uh, returning like ninety two percent of their oh. play ninety six percent of their players that right? played last year. That just fits in with their whole. We're we're at, we're last in forty percent huh. of players returning Feels less? Mi- minutes. Minutes, oh, minutes right. So uh, you got to. I thought you were going to say it was Stevie Coldwell's tweet who tweeted out. Oh, I don't follow him, so I don't know. How confusing he finds it that a team that consistently made the playoffs has blown up a a team like this. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, I'm wondering how he came up. He was on their podcast, he said that. Oh, was it? Yeah. Mm. Anyway. But, yep, we've got the academy guys looking good in training camp, getting vertically integrated. And, of course, we have the under-23 development team as well. With a great appointment of head coach of Nick Dazovich, we got a chance to sit down with Nick to... Talk about lots of stuff. It was a fantastic interview, and we're going to bring you that after this. Hi, I'm Daniel Henry, and you are listening to AFTN. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. That was the Young Canadians going to fucking Hawaii. Yeah, uh, it's a Van- local, uh, uh, Vancouver punk band from, I think, the yeah. uh, 70s, late, early 80s or something. I'm not familiar with that island in Hawaii you just mentioned. It, it's one of the smaller ones. Oh, okay. it's, it's less touristy. It's where the hipsters go. Okay. There are, of course, a lot of Young Canadians. A lot of fucking Young trip. Canadians. Yeah, made that trip to Hawaii at the moment. Enjoying the sun? Well, rain. It was. It's been raining. My oh, heart bleeds. No, that's better than the, the first. Okay, couple, better than minus seven. The, but the first couple of days were sunny. Yeah, they were on the, the beach. I thought I saw yeah. on the beach. The photos so. that they sent out the other day were all like rain. Oh, oh was it? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's going to be warm were, rain. Yeah, it's going to be like if you're at a gig at the Barrowlands in Glasgow, warm rain. But a lot of those guys are part of the Whitecaps Under Twenty Three Development Squad, who had a game yesterday up here at UBC was a little bit disjointed because the guys are still kind of getting familiar with each other. But that will change because I, I feel the Whitecaps have a great appointment in Nick Dazovich as the head coach for that. We got a chance to sit down to talk to him about all things development squad. There's a little bit of swearing, so if you're sensitive ears, fast forward. Let's hear from him now. I want to talk a little bit about your new position, the team, what the plan is for things to come. I guess the first thing to ask you, Nick, really is, what is it about this job that really tempted you to, to take it? You've, you've coached at the high level, you've coached at the national team. What was it about this? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I, I took a step away from football and I took a, a bunch of steps backwards. When I mean backwards, mm. coaching in the local environment with the BCSPL, so grassroots. Then I took a step on that when I went to help SFU with Clint and Kevin uh, for that short duration of season. And then it was about uh, the moment, those four years in between, I did some TV, uh, you know, did some different types of coaching. 
came to a point in time where I was looking to get back in, in the game. And then you look at the situation where, you know, why do you do your license? Why do you get, you know, you know I've had the chance to go do my pro license and, you know, where do I put it to good use? And I did, but it was a different kind of area I was working in. And, and then this presented itself. And uh, when I saw the plan of it and talked to Mark, um, and I know Mark very well and I know his brother even better, and knowing those two guys and then knowing the club itself, it was, it was a slam dunk for me. Uh, you know, and I can carry that question on because I know the next question would be, you know, there's no competition. How do yeah. you? And so the question is, do I sell it? No, I'm honest with it. With is, why would you want to play for this club in that environment when you could go CPL, you could go USL, yeah. you could go to Europe? Um, so the reason why I took that job is one is I believe in Mark as a coach, uh, and you'll, you'll get to know him as, and the way he works. It's, it's an incredible, incredible way they work, him and Philip and, and Vanny, uh, that the way they structure it and their methodology, something that I've studied, but now being amongst them was another reason why I wanted to see exactly how it works for his hand, to learn from them as well. Um, but for me, is I live this club, I live this type of a situation 30 years ago. So when I went to Croatia as a, as a 19, 18 year old, I went into Dinamo Zagreb, which at that time, it still is a powerhouse. So I went in there and it's like, look, you have something, but we don't know. We don't know where you stand. You're kind of raw, you're Canadian. So what do you do? We're gonna keep you here with our B team. Now the B team had no schedule and no schedule. They had no um, competition they played. It was just, it was a schedule of, of, of friendly games uh, over a period of a year and you played a lot of games. Now the first team players, that went down would come join us and then the young players would come join so we had a nice little mix of older players call it younger players which all had the same function of your idea is go play for the first team now there were players in that team that then got loaned out and this is why i think this is an important team they get loaned out and then what happens is they don't play so now you've lost that player he's gone now you got a player that's gone to Club X, they don't get games, they come back no better, and actually worse because mentally they have now not played games. We can control that. Yeah. So uh, so there's a different, the other one is how do we guarantee competition? That's my job. And it started already on Monday. I drive the practices to know that they're competing. And they're competing to try to make Mark's team first and foremost one day. And that's the dream and goal of these players. Secondly, we, we're going to put together a schedule. It's already in place. We'll be going to different uh, international, uh, you know, there'll be a trip to England coming up. We'll play games. There'll be trips to hopefully the U.S., possibly another a South American or maybe a Central American or a Mexican kind of a trip. There'll be games against CPL teams. It is going to be a schedule that I think anybody was going, do I go there? They'll actually look and go, okay, I'm not playing, let's say, CPL but I'm coming here and the environment here, we can give that individual to help them grow. Uh, I, I, I think it's a no brainer. That's me talking without trying to sell you yeah. some kind of some dream or pipeline, but you know, the kids, you know, when they see the infrastructure, the coaching they're gonna get, the, the fact that we'll also be playing against the first team, hopefully in some moments where they get to showcase themselves in front of Mark. And as you guys can see in the field, Mark's got no problem getting youngsters in there. Yeah. Okay, and that is a, that, and that is a big sign because we need to give kids one thing that's hope. Mm -hmm. And, and they stood out this week a few. Yeah. So you look at there, and if you and if you were if you're in Europe right now and you have like a Simon Cohen who's, you're thinking, well, you know, he's, yeah, he's he's young. He's the Nikes, They play the young guys. So why why can't we? Do you know what I mean? Not saying yeah. he's going to play, but he's done enough to show the coaches and hey, I'm playing. I'm there, and, and I and I and I, st I don't stand out. In a, in, a, in a really negative way and in a positive way, hey, he looks pretty good. So, you know, so that's, when, it, when a kid knows there's hope, if a kid goes to a club where it's like, yeah, they're not gonna play youth, they're not, what's the point? 
But we can honestly say that what I've seen through Mark and, you know, the first thing he asks, hey, who can jump through here? And I, you know, give him a name or two and it's going to happen during the year. So that is a big reason, again, why I took on this role. Um, if I thought that a coach was in here that only cared about the first team, didn't care about the environment, I probably wouldn't be here. But Mark had a lot to do with it. Has it, has it been hard? Obviously, there's a lot of competition. You've had guys, like some of our guys that went to Fresno, last year, like Noah yeah. and Matthew, they've, they, they've got to Pacific FC. So you're battling a, a local team for these guys. Has it been hard to, to sell? Your, what you've just told us sounds great, but has it been hard to sell that to some players? I honestly just came in, so the players that I have, I have. The ones that have left, I've had no influence All on right, that. Okay. I've had zero. But at the same time, I don't think there's a lot of friction. They've gone. You can't hold them back. I think right now when those players, because we don't know what the CPL is going to be like. Yeah. And hopefully it's, it's, it works out great for the, because we need leagues, we need places for players to play, for coaches to develop, for administrators to develop, for everything. Uh, but I think once those players see what, what we've got ahead of us, I think they'll, they won't go, oh, but they'll think twice maybe next time go, maybe that I should have stayed there. That's what we're trying to do with, with, with you know, without, without promising the world, but there's a, there, there's a great infrastructure here. The other part is, which myself, I, I, you know, I approached uh, Mark and his staff is, I want this U23 to work exactly the way you do. So when you watch what they do, we might not do the exact same session, the exact yet. same, but there has been days when we've done the exact same. Ours will be different because I had, I think f maybe two or three players, or f maybe five players from that team, because the other ones with Rubble. The next week I got a bunch with the national team. And that's great for me though, they're gone, but then we'll, we'll always figure something out. Maybe I'll jump maybe with the younger groups in. But so that part of it's always going to be difficult, but uh, we're going to work in the same method. And they've got a very, very, uh, uh, you know, the working cycles, what they try to plan there, whether it's speed or endurance, or we're going to work in the same function with the same language, the same identity. So when a player leaves a 23 team and go joins Mark, it won't be, what does it mean by, you know, by pressing or by this, or they'll have the common language, right? So every day, you know, we get in here early in the morning, we do our thing and then we don't leave till late at night once we've gone through the, the understood the whole uh, cycle what that day means and i'll take that information and that's part of our young our planning for the 23s so they know exactly what to do so it's good it, it's, it's a good so we don't we don't we don't uh, get into craig's academy development too much they've got a stream that they believe in which yeah. has been great but then we need to say you know okay we're going to leave that we're going to go into mark's uh, sort of infrastructure and how he likes to work that's what I think is going to do well for the players. Are the players then full time, or are they just coming in to train a couple of hours? Or <laughs> I think the ones that, the ones that are signing development contracts they're they're full time. Right, they're in here every day. And again, it's the the thing about though they're full time players, but because there are players, we can do what we want with them. And when mm -hmm. I mean that, I mean that in a positive way. So we get them in morning. We've got nutrition. We've got the psychology part. We've got the strength and conditioning. We have yeah. that field. I can go take. There's a kid there going. She's, you know, I, I need to work on this. Let's go outside. I can work with those kids one on one. The, the amount of the amount of instruction we can give them. The amount of time we can spend around these kids. They're full time. They're in at eight. They go home at five, and they get so much work done here. We're obviously very cognizant. We don't want to kill the kids and burn them out. But yeah. we have a program built that. They would, they're, they're not going to get in a lot of places. They really don't. So if, if you want to come and develop, you know, there's my salesman. You want to come develop, you want to be a pro, you come here. That's, my, that, that, that's what I'm looking at. A lot of uh, kids nowadays, the, uh, it's just the generation that they feel entitled. No, oh, I love that word. Let's yeah. go. Let's open this one up. So, so, so they feel entitled, and when they don't have like, a league to play yeah. in, 
and you want to develop competition, is that going to be hard to get them to compete to make the team? And then also, uh, how hard is it going to be to get them to work as a team on the pitch when they're competing against each other to make that first team? So for me, entitlement, and I'm a father, I'm a parent, for me, entitlement starts at home. Right, so the kids where they come from, so whatever the upbringing is, we don't, we, we can't control that. But in our environment, we can control it. And entitlement starts from leadership. So you just you don't allow. You, you there's got to be a structure where the kids know. I kind of call them kids. These young pros understand that you don't get away with it. And the thing about here is, you, you we're gonna put an investment in these kids. We're gonna do it. And the entitlement part, and then there's a hammer. If you don't have a hammer, you don't have, mm. you know, the hammer is simply if, if you don't want to fit in, you can leave. That to me is the biggest hammer. We don't want to scare kids with, but if you're not going to do what we want you to do, and it's, you know, we're going to we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to. The biggest thing for me is, the club serves the player, but the player serves the club. There's a reciprocal effect there. Where we help them, they help us. We're good for them, they're good for us. Once they learn, and like I said, once I walked into that one group, and you could see that, you know, to to really go after them. Once you tell them, we believe in you. We're going to help you get there. Trust us. You, you win them over. Right, and we've already had how many kids join in from mm-hmm. that one? And they can now they're looking, going, these guys are serious. Like we have a chance, you know, because again, you know, we we want we want to field Canadian players, not because they're Canadian, because they're good. It just happened to be Canadian players, and that 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 we can be proud of one day. We want to have Canadian kids in there that come, you know, homegrown, come through here, and that's part of our part of our business. But I can't fill the kids by letting them get with bad habits. And then they go to Mark's like, what you bring me this kid for? This guy, you know. So it's yeah. So it's my job to have these kids focused and you know understood that, you know, the entitlement stuff. Yeah, we'll 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 figure that out. You know, I've I've already reached the system when the you know you you just stop it. We don't do that here. We do this here. When it comes to that entitlement or mentality, what like what have you seen? Because you yeah you've been doing this for a long time. What have you seen in the Canadian player over the last decade or so? Like, is it, is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Do we need more hammers? Do we need more uh, relational pro? Like, what? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the entitlement will be there in, in, in any, if you live in Canada, like we live in the best country in the world. We truly do. You know, your kid wakes up, he gets driven to school, he's got iPods, he's got iPhones, got the, it's, it's a different culture here, you know, where you still have to, and then to give them that, if you don't make it, you're gonna be, you're gonna be what? I'm gonna be at home and I got my TV, my big screen, I'm gonna watch NBA. <laughs> I can only say when I grew up, and you know, in a East, East Van house with Eastern European parents and were immigrants, and when you got out of high school, it's like, well, if you don't go to school, see them in the construction site. I made it in Europe from fear. That was my, because I didn't want to be a construction worker. I did that. I got my ass kicked by my dad. And then I came back and I went to Europe. And then when things got shitty, I thought, oh, you know, I, I'm going to fight for my life. I'm not going back to that. So I had a different, I had something behind me I was scared, scared to do. If I went back home, I still could have made something of myself. But I want to be a footballer. How do, you, how, do you, how do you articulate that to a kid here that doesn't need to do that? It's hard. It is hard. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of good kids out there that want to be footballers. I, I, want a, I want a kid to want to be a footballer because he loves to play, yeah. not because he's got a Louis Vuitton wash bag and he can go in his Mercedes-Benz. No, yeah. I want that kid to play because he loves the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a big thing. Love it to play for, for every kind of reason. And the other one that we haven't discussed is we also don't want to breed, we want to breed good young men here. Yeah. People that once they leave the environment, they'll look and go, "You're a white cap kid," for a good reason. You know, you know. I, here, here's here's what I like about my job is I'll put it in this way. We got a, we got an airplane. 
and the kids are in, a, in the the kids that we have right now for me in the development squad. They're in seat 33B. That's the one beside the shitter. The the the, the, the wash doesn't that doesn't recline. And everybody comes by. You, they're hammering the door. You can smell that shit come out there. But they're on the plane in that 33B. My job is to get them to 1A. So what happens is you get them going, they get an aisle seat. Now like, thank God it's an aisle seat. And they move up and they move up and we're going, and then what happens is they get into the emergency exit row. So fuck, there's not a lot of room there. This is actually pretty good. And then they get comfortable. All right, they're in that emergency exit row, they got the extra leg room, they got no problem, they can take, they're only like 14, 15 rows to the front when the plane lands. Yeah, that's what I usually book. There you go. <laughs> but then they get comfortable and they forget what the objective is, is 1A. So me, my job is to get him from that shitty seat into 1A. That's what I look at as a coach. So when you talk about the quality of the infrastructure here or whatever, are you saying like their housing setup might be better than the, the room at the stadium you, you grew up in? Is, is this, is this here? This, they don't have this in Europe. Yeah. They don't. I, 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 you lived in the stadium, didn't you? I live in the stadium for a bit, but I, we used to train in a public park in the Scottish Premier League. They've changed things now, but public park where, you know, Mrs. McGilley would drive, walk with her Tesco bags right through your crossing finishing drill, and you just stop, and you wave, how you doing? Like, <laughs> that's, and yeah. that, that, that's no word of a lie. Yeah. That's, that's reality. Yeah. And it wasn't until maybe 10 years ago where teams started like Hearts and Rangers Celtic always had their own thing, but, you know, St. John's, and it was not long ago that those teams trained on public pitches yeah. or drove to training and this we um, can't use infrastructure as an excuse anymore here yeah Are you oh no yeah. this is this is like i just want to hear you talk about milan your... like i talked to vanny once says i said he goes milan okay juventus okay everybody else no chance yeah no chance like you I, know. I just want like, i love the stories yeah. of you living in the stadium yeah. looking yeah, out the window and that was that was fun development is a in part a numbers game yeah so this is why this is such an exciting time in canada because we're opening more opportunities for, for, for players to play for sure. and coaches to coach and, yeah. and what do you what do you think this first year uh, can hold or this first year of CPL with all you know all the clubs across Canada what do you think this can hold yeah, a, a, a Voyagers Cup a Voyagers Cup of 13 <laughs> okay, another, teams another 10 minutes yeah. here. <laughs> I don't know no, no, no. I, 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 I hope success I hope the coaches are going to enjoy it. I hope people are going to. It's going to be a learning year. Yeah, you know, like all the coaches. I know every. I don't know the. I don't know the, the Pacific coaches. Oh, I don't know him, but I know everybody else on a, on, a, on a personal level. I wish them all the best. Um, you know, I hope the league grows, expands. I hope there's always more opportunities. And yeah, I mean, it'd be a great FA Cup for them when everybody mm -hmm. starts to get up, right? You know, so it, it's it's an exciting time. I, you know, and and for John Herdman, it's it's a great point for him because he's got more players to choose from and uh, it's exciting I think it's really exciting times for Canada in general it's we're, it's, it's something that because before it's like oh, but now it's like league and we're hosting the World Cup and you know and not long from now when we've got the, the MLS teams and they're all going and like I said it, there's a lot of different avenues this is something you probably can't answer I know but don't ask me then I'm still going <laughs> to ask you this year is obviously a feeling out year is the long term plan to put this team in a league again whether it's what is PDL USL 2 now or this USL 1 the tier 3 league is that the long term goal or are you just kind of sounding it out I, I think there's a I think the long term goals we don't know right now we're right. trying to figure it out but are you telling me that one day there could be a Vancouver Whitecap CPL team maybe hmm. maybe there's a USL Vancouver team maybe there's who knows maybe there it's a younger team in this maybe there's new league one in BC one day or, we don't know but the bottom yeah. line is until that happens we feel this is the best structure for them and uh you know, like I said, I, I 
when I looked at the scheduling, I looked at the interaction and, and the vertical integration into the first team from a staff point of view, it's, it's just, um, it just all makes sense. It really does. And like I said, I'm, I'm not, the one thing is, how do you, I don't want to sell anything. This is an honest, you know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I've worked, I've lived in the community. I've worked in the environment. And this is right now for a lot of kids exactly what they need, right? So... A lot, a lot of the residency kids have gone on to college. Yeah, um, and they're in college right now. Will in the in the summertime in the off season, will you be looking to get bring them back into this development team, and will that be able to work with the NCA rules? I'm not sure if you. Well, mm. the NCA, I don't know. I mean, I worked at SFU, but I don't. Yeah. Know, I don't even know the rules. Yeah, because they have weird rules when it comes to yeah, kids, I, I don't, amateur like, kids. And if you're asking me, if we're, we're always going to entertain the fact that we look after our kids. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're part of the program, and we'll be there to de- help continue to develop them, uh, even from a distance. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's always an open-door policy in that way because, again, we don't have a, a team, per se, in a sense. Mm-hmm. We are signing guys and hopefully get to roster. But, um, but yeah, I'm not too sure about those kind of issues. But we're, we're going to continually look and develop and bring in kids and, you know, do the whole sort of cycle of whether it's, you know, the summers are going to be a little bit different. Maybe they'll uh, avail, uh, allow us to have some extra games. Who knows, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you about this summer because, obviously, the PDL season – is in play, you've got TSS Rovers here, would you consider loans for some of these guys to TSS to get them into competitive games? I don't, I think the, I think the competitive games will be us playing against those teams. Right. So TSS is in CPLs. We've already reached out to teams like that and would they, to make a schedule up. We've already had some positive uh, feedback in terms of just trying to figure out scheduling. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I think the idea is not to bring these kids in to loan them out, right. it's to bring them in to keep them in. Now, let's say after a year of time, we do a, a structure where it's like, we could say to player X, say, look, it's time to leave. Not in a negative way, but mm-hmm. maybe you got to test someone else. It might not be CPL, it might be USL, it might be Europe, who knows? But that's the whole idea. Every player is going to be different on, on it. But for us, we're not going to sign them to this, to, to, to let them go. We'll, we'll keep them in house as long, you know, for that for a duration of period and we'll work them off that way. During your uh, playing time, uh, were there any coaches that influenced you or while you were getting your license? Like, was there anybody that really influenced you uh, in your coaching style? Nathan Van Stone. <laughs> oh, he, uh, Mr. Whitecaps. I watched them play in a media game. I go, and Did I just said, I want to be like him when I grow up. <laughs> That's what it was. And, a good, like looking, and a good looking young man. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, is this a different Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> um, influence. Uh, growing up, my dad um, and the few guys. I played for one club growing up, Vancouver Croatia. But until my last year of youth, because we didn't. It's like you, were, you go here, you go there. You didn't know what league you played in. Bronze, silver. It was just one league. You, you finished last. See guys in August. It was different, right? Um, but going through, going through the whole thing. I, I mean. The, my pro license I took it at, it was during a time I was coaching 20 team and it actually was almost detrimental to me because you'd, like you, the story we go into see guys and you one day we had a, a sports science guy from 9 to 12 and then Villa Bowles was coming in from 1 to 2 to give us a presentation so 9 to 12 152 page uh, PowerPoint sports science sports science sports science and my head was like and I walked out of there fucking sports science and I was Sports science. I'm going to hire the best sports science guy one day. And Villa Boas comes in and he just sits there. He's a Chelsea coach time. And someone asks, so what do you think of sports science? He says, not for me. I'm like, oh, shit. So you rip up the page. And you go, right? So then you sit. So I, I realized one thing. I realized that, that everybody from uh, we had Villa Boas, we had David Moyes, we had Felipe, we had, I mean, the list goes on of the mentors we had in that. And I realized one thing. It's, it's who you are as a person. 
you'll find out a different type of way you want to play. But in the way you, the culture of your team, and it, it, it represents you as, a, and you can't bullshit. You are who you are, and I think when you present the club that way, and what you like, and that's what Mark's very strong about. He's got an identity, he's got a personality, he's got profiles of players, and he's very strong in his beliefs, and he's a success in it, and why not? And I think that's what happens in, in terms of how you want to play, how you want to have your culture. But yeah, it's 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 it, it's it, it's your culture. It's how you're brought up. You know that that's kind of the way it works. I'd say. I think maybe the last thing then, you've always coached the younger guys, well not always, but you've been heavily involved, Canada under 23, Canada under 20, recently at SFU, what is it about that group of players in particular that gives you the, the big buzz to coach them? You know what it is, hunger and honesty, you know, it, it's, it's a job where we as coaches have to be honest to them, and I, when, when you ask coaches, I always look for the good in people and in, and in athletes. So when I go and ask a coach, what's player be like? Oh, well, you know, his left foot's not good. He's not good turning. He can't head it. Everything's negative. You know, I want, and it's like, you know, when someone asks me what's such a like, fantastic kid, good in the air, you know, great delivery. Yeah, left foot needs a bit of work. So I try to look at the positive. So when you coach kids that way and give them that, give them, again, like I said, the hope. You know, the hope for the kids, there a lot of them are they're they're not um, they're not pros yet, so they're not quite mm-hmm. um, in that in that wheelhouse where they are the, the Eagles get a bigger bigger you know, it takes over them, you know. I coached TFC's first team for a very short time and it was it was difficult because there's some egos there. And to be fair, someone shouldn't even have egos because let's come on and face it, they're, they're, there's no chance they should have egos. But it was it was hard, and it was it was a great learning curve for me. But you know, with the young guys, they want honest. I'll give always the players one thing: the honesty, truth, but also love. Right? I always give them the love at the end of it because that's our job: is to love the kid. They're part of your family, and my job right now is to get these guys out of the nest, kick them out of the nest, go fly, go figure it out up there, hopefully. And and we're not going to get everyone right. We know that. It just doesn't happen anywhere in the world. You know, you look at, you look at what is it? One percent of all English academies. I think it's one percent. Yeah, of make the, it in the pro game. But are playing in any level of yeah, pro uh-huh. after twenty some? Like one percent. How many academies are there in England? Yeah. Like it's, it's, and then there's also academies on top of the other academy. So, one percent. There's a there's a good book called The Nowhere Man. It's about oh. scouting. Nowhere men, okay. Yeah. Um, I'll bring it along yeah. and have a read. It's, and it talks about How many about pages that. is it? It might take me a while to read it. It's only about that thick. It takes me a while as well. We'll record it. We'll do an audio okay. book version of it. But they, they're talking about that because they're going to scout all these guys yeah. and they know that so many of them will Which never... Which is the reason why that when you coach these kids, making good people. Yeah. So when they go outside this, these four walls and they have to get on with their life, they've got people skills where they can go say hello to somebody and go work hard and go be disciplined and go be respectful and the young kids will go on a bus and when there's a lady sit, st- standing up they'll get up and let her sit down and they'll open a door for somebody you want those kind of kids how hard was it to to give up the tv gig you know what it, it was hard in a way it was who doesn't want to work with peter shad yeah. come on yeah. uh, no I'm, I'm gonna miss it but the best part i, I spoke to them they were awesome they, yeah. i talked to paul graham and he said first question was where are you going 
because I don't talk to him ever. Just you know, when these happen, where are you going? And I said, to Vancouver. He goes, great. And he goes, good luck. Thanks for all your help. And then, listen, when you get fired, give us a call. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, we've always got the room in our show. If you there you go. Right? One so, week as well, there so. you go. So uh, I know it's 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 going to be there, but yeah, I'll, I'll miss it. I'll miss it. It's, it's not just Peter, and it's it's guys in behind the scene. It's it's a roadie guys. I call them the lights and the. They made me as an amateur become, I think, a really good amateur, right? That's the reality. And they took care of me. Those guys, they were always first class. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it, was a, it was a fun ride. It was good. That's great. Thank you so much for your time. And good luck with it. Some great chat there with Dazzle. lot to talk about what came out of that interview, and we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Maxim Kripo from the Vancouver Whitecaps, and you're listening to the EFTN Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. That was our new Artists of the Month, Half Man, Half Biscuit. Yes, there are Artists of the Month for February. Madness is over. I could have sworn I heard other songs of theirs before. How could they be new artists? They're, these are their non-footballing songs. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. We still have three or more, maybe. But I think about three of their songs left to play in Wavelength. Oh, okay. Um, and lots more when we start our sporting wavelength when we move on from football songs. That when is that happening? Probably 2021. Okay. Still a long way to go. Can't wait. I've got months of football violence awareness to, to bring you. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone's wondering, there wasn't really any Joy Division oven gloves yeah. until they released that song. And then people started selling Joy Division oven gloves. People try and cash in on anything. And... If, any, if you guys want to get me some Joy Division oven gloves for a Christmas present, just throw that out there. It's on the list. I have been looking for them. <laughs> there are certainly some weird merchandise and memorabilia, though, out there for, for certain things. And I, I gave you a stadium to build out of whatever. There's a weird thing as well. I gave you a bloody bat. Yes. <laughs> Football-wise, I was looking into this as some of the weirdest things. Fulham were selling, at one point, Mohammed Al Fayed USB sticks for five pounds. A picture of him on it. Yeah, it was, it was actually shaped, shaped? Oh, like Mohammed Al Fayed. Really? Uh huh. Arsenal? Does he still own? No, he sold yeah, them. Okay. So Arsenal to to can that owns Jacksonville and AEW. Oh right. Um, Arsenal had slippers that played crowd noises. Because obviously it's so quiet there, you could take those along and, and wear them. The so. library at Highbury. And then I don't know if you saw on Twitter. 
there was one of the knockoff Chinese sites where I get a lot of my jerseys from, but they were selling two pairs of white cap shoes. One of them had the white cap's badge over stars and stripes, <laughs> and the other one had the white cap's badge with a nice little oh, the shoes. That said I saw that too, Toronto yeah. FC. No, in blue. Yeah. Oh, you didn't no. see the tweet? Yep. The oh, Southsiders not... tweeted it out. No, I did not. They see retweeted that. it. There was a couple other ones too. There was Atlanta United where it said training or something only, or there. Um, and there was a few other ones that were really odd. There was a Sounders one with the Sounders, uh, uh, like the actual their logo, and then it had San Jose Earthquakes as written on it. Can you buy these things on Zulily? Maybe. It's, it's the new, instead of half and half scarves, you've got half and half shoes now. Yeah, I think that's maybe what it is. Absolutely ridiculous. So we, we asked some of our listeners for some of their weird merchandise. I, I don't think folk have maybe had much because we didn't get a, a big response to this one. Andy M, our good friend Swampo, he said, do you remember Esso Coins? Now, this is a UK thing. You used to, here you get your Chevron cards at the garage. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, in the 70s, you used to get a little coin and you got a collector set and you collected them all. Oh. I never got to do that because we didn't have a car in my family. We we did. It's not uh, football related, but uh, the Olympic uh, glasses from 88. Did you ever see those? No. The, the Winter Olympic glasses? We still have a... No, no, no. no like, a, like a glass. Sorry, oh. sorry, like a mug kind of thing. Ah. A pint glass. So uh, we, I think we still have those, in fact. Huh. It's sitting somewhere in the house. Jay San, Ratigan Can, said his favourite is a J League branded can designed to hold five beers. Mm. It's like, who sells just five <laughs> beers? Isn't it a six pack usually? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I don't, we don't have a lot of stuff. Like, um, uh, yeah, having supported Byron for, I guess, decades now. Oh, um, two in it. They, uh, they have like every, anything you want. It's Byron. You can get it. Oh, for sure. So we have we have a. They're not that crazy. We have like a, a like a, a doormat, um, which I knew you're gonna make a joke. About. We also another thing you make a joke about. We have a, a waste paper bin. Uh, those are both my, now part of my son's room. Huh. Um, but they have stuff like you go, you go buy a waffle maker with the Byron logo. The, you, when you press it, the yeah, Byron logo is yeah. the waffle. Get toast yeah. things that do that as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 yeah, brand it with toast. But they, literally anything you want for your home, like they have it. Yeah. I just bought a Volkswagen one and said it was the white caps instead. Oh, oh not, not, supporting the, not supporting the oh, Canadian Premier League? as well. Yeah. I, the, I think white caps wise, the worst bit of merchandise I got were the playoff run, the year that we played Seattle. They were selling playoff diapers in the club store with white caps on it. Because they knew they were going to shit the bed during the playoffs. So <laughs> I think that was why they were selling that. But I highly recommend a series of books called Got Not Got. Just holding it up to the mic there. Well, <laughs> well, we hadn't seen it. You hadn't shown it to us until we now. Could see it. <laughs> it's for the, the video. It's the A to Z of lost Camera's football there, culture, <laughs> treasures, and pleasure. And there's a lot of... The yeah, the camera's over there. The that there, corner. The <laughs> Surveillance camera. <laughs> it's got all these weird things in it that different clubs have had over the years, like from records. Oh, playing to, cards. Playing someone, cards. Someone came, back, someone came back from Scotland and gave me a Rangers and a Celtic, separate, car, separate decks of cards. And do you mix them? They don't, they don't mix well. <laughs> But yeah, check that out. Great I, book. I think they both have um, they both have Kenny Miller cards. <laughs> they both oh, yes. they both have uh, oh, what was his face? TFC boy. Uh, Defoe. No, the the first manager who really messed them up for years. Mo Mo oh, Johnson. Mo, Mo Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. 
You always wanted to play for TFC. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the football chat. So before the break, we heard Dazzle talking about the development squad. It was great sitting down with him. It was, I tell you what, I could have talked to him for a lot more than that 25-minute well, interview. Part of it is because he just talked. Like, that's how he always talks. Like yeah. it was no, I've never really spoke that much to him in the past. No, so that's part of my training, just the, the, like fun, the funny thing, or... the funniest part of that was that he answered your, I think your first three questions in, in, at once. Yeah. It's like it's the first, he knew you were going to ask the questions. When, when I was timing it today, I thought, let's see how long this first answer was. Exactly five minutes from me asking to him finishing the first question. Yeah. And he answered like three, your three yeah. of your first questions. In Before the questions, when we sat down or whatever, I... <laughs> I really wish I had my phone out at the moment. At the moment, remember? Yes. And he was, and he's like, "Yeah, we're like, we're talking about him signing or whatever, joining or whatever." This is before the you were recording, and he and he's just like, "So when people want to ask where all the Alfonso Davies money went," and he kind of like held up his hands like it's me that they spent it on. And then we were like, and then he put his hands on. We're like, hey, could you put your? We want to make that into a meme. Could you put your hands up? He's like, no. He's like, you gotta, you gotta be ready. You gotta be ready in the moment. The tail end of him saying that, I didn't get the rest on. For me, it looks looks similar to the um, the meme um, from the Willy Wonka meme. You know that one, the one where he's always like, oh, really? Is that the way you want to do that? That one, yeah. My all time favorite movie, no, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the original. But Nick Dazovich. I guess he's handing out golden tickets really to, to these kids yeah. in, in some way. See who disappears up the chocolate shoe. <laughs> that was Augustus. Your your guy, German guy. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be you. You're the Augustus Gloop of this group. What is th- I'm Mike TV, I guess. I think I would be. I watch way more TV than you probably. Who's Steve? Charlie? No, I was thinking... I was thinking something that I'm not going to say. It's a bad egg. I was going to say. Oh, I'm a bad egg. I think you're the bad egg for sure. Then, oh, you just uh, right, you, you put yourself I'm, in the I'm bad, the bad egg. egg. I almost called Steve a Oompa Loompa. I think but, I'd be, but he's, but he's I think small. I'd be Mike TV because I watch yeah, a probably, ton yeah. of TV. Too anyway, much. Let's get back to Dazzle. <laughs> but like, sitting down with Dazzle, it was hard not to leave that interview enthused, and I I have had concerns over this team. I still have concerns over this team in the lack of competitive games and getting that cohesion but how he envisaged it how mds is seeing the group fitting into everything it's very exciting yeah it, they, they sold they sold me on it yeah like, uh, like you you had questions about it before we yeah. all had questions about it before how was it going to work it, he, it, definitely though you, you still wonder why somebody would choose to join yeah. that and not go and play in for a cpl team in a yeah. league they're because the training facility is number one. You get yeah. to you As practice As you said there, there it's like yeah. second to none. You don't get that in Europe. And uh, the other thing is you're, you're you're a step, maybe not, it's not a, it's a big step, but you're a step away from an MLS side. He's definitely the right man for the job. After chatting to him there, I didn't really have any doubts anyway. I thought he was a great appointment, but blown away by what he said. Yeah, I have no doubts about Nick, Nick Dasovich and his abilities, but I do, like, yeah. With this team not playing in a proper league, I think it'll always be lacking something. I definitely think they'll be in a league next year. And that's just me saying that again. It's nothing that I've heard. And we did learn something after the interview as well. Nick Dazovich made his debut in Scotland for St. Johnston, which is why we played the Skids. The Saints are coming there against East Fife. And he was highly complimentary about them as well. <laughs> That's not what I remember. Let's, let's move on from well, that. Well, it wasn't him. It was the his, his, yes. his manager at the time. I need to dig the program out for that game. I'll get him to sign it. Because <laughs> that means I'll have the program from Barry Robson scoring his first ever goal, which was against East Fife. 
And then Dazzo's debut in Did Scotland. you make Barry sign that? No. Oh, okay. I was going to say. We're not allowed to get stuff signed. I couldn't see Baza. Oh, he would sign it for me. He was my chum. The only one he would speak to with a smile. Anyway, let's move on to the MLS news of the week. Not a lot of smiles in Toronto right now. Got hammered by Las Vegas Lights. 5-1. Don't know if you saw the highlights of that. The defending. Ho, ho, ho. But was it, it was a split squad, right? It was a split squad. Uh, there was uh, the uh, uh, the other half of the squad was in California playing a Japanese team. Well, oh, they remember. weren't because it, that game got postponed oh, there you because go. of the flash flooding. Right. Okay. Uh, but uh, we'll go to California for Greg, the weather. Greg Manny mentioned that uh, in the post game interview that he that they were basically a team getting ready for the season, while uh, uh, it looked like Vegas was playing for a cup, and that was basically essentially the difference of the two. The, no the, llamas. The game. No, no llamas in this one. No, they didn't drop the money. No either. helicopters here. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But of course, the other big Toronto news of the week, which is why there's a lot of sad faces out east, especially amongst the TFC Army media. <laughs> Sebastian Javinko has left the building. He has gone to Saudi Arabia. Three, well, two to three million dollars only is what they're getting for him. What but the it? way he's been talked up as the greatest free kick taker in the world, that's a bargain for Al-Hilal. Yeah. I think he's the but, guy that owns the club. But I, I, uh, the um, the thing is, is the, he, he is getting a way a higher uh, salary yeah. and multiple years, more it's years like, than like he was. It's like 10 million, right? Yeah, I th- that's what I, th- I thought I read. Yeah. And it's multiple years over as three, well. Over three wow. years. Over three years. Again, I think uh, TFC was only offering a two-year extension at the most. And much lower. And much lower, I, yeah. I mean, Stephen, and, we were talking about this. I, there was lots of in- Instagram finger pointing from Seba, not happy at all, saying that they were not really showing that their willingness to win. Yeah, but maybe this was a way to show willingness to win because they wanted to move on from him. Yeah. and bring in we, somebody we else. I think they're quite happy to to get shot because they mentioned uh, again. I wish I remember where I heard this. I think it was on uh, one of the Sportsnet shows, their talk shows, that the um, the I think is Manning is the president of TFC or Bill something. Manning. Yeah, he mentioned that. They are going to be bringing somebody in big, and people will be very excited when they find out who it is. Well, they said they'll, he said they'll know the name. Yeah, they'll know the name and be excited but, about him. But, but, but it, it, there, it is known that that MLSE wants TFC's uh, losses to be less than they than they have been. Yeah. So they they, they do want they do want they do, they do want things that they want the salary amount that they're spending to go to go down. I mean, I I can't stand him. He's a whiny little bastard. He flops down. I'm glad to see the back of him, but I will grudgingly acknowledge that he was a great player and a great goal scorer. Yeah, yeah. Cut out all the other shit that goes in his game, and then might respect him a bit more. Yeah, I think some of the one of the things that kind of I, I I think is a misunder, bit of misunderstanding, and obviously a bit you know you, when you lose a player, you're you're frustrated or whatever. But some of the way that this has been covered to me is kind of weird. Like even the the article, Steve, you sent the article. It said, uh, uh, you know, I think the language they use, TF, or Sebastian Jovinko berates TFC in, in his departure. I think, and, and the people, I think, and, and people are getting on him for going to the going to Saudi Arabia for the money. Um, but I think if you really read his what he wrote on Instagram, I think I think it's kind of understandable because basically what happened was TFC offered him in the region of let's say four to five million dollars, right? 
And so some people are saying, oh, because he, he said, he said, I would have stayed for less money. And people are like, that's not true. Um, I, so I think when he's saying he would have stayed for less money means one of two things. It means he would have he stayed for less than the $10 million he's going to make in Saudi Arabia. Uh, but even more so, I think he's saying, I would have stayed for less than the 7.1 whatever that he's on now. Because he came here for the money. Like, folk can't criticize him going to Saudi for the exactly. money. He came well, here for the money. Yeah, Toronto can't criticize him for that. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. I think basically this is a case of a club offering a player, and you, people can talk about oh last year you know he was his numbers were not nearly what they were the you know the previous two years or whatever. But here's a player who's who gives your team no less than one goal a game, either scoring or setting it up in in over four seasons. That's crazy. Um, but he, he uh, the, I think what what happened here is that. Basically, he felt disrespected by their low offer, is I think what has happened. And, and he's saying that their low offer is, is the reason why he began to look elsewhere, or not feel wanted. And and it wasn't, it was, I think he, I think legitimately, if they've offered him like six million or something, he might have, he would have been like, yeah, that's less than I'm making, but I'm 32. I'll stay here for that. But I think the, the four, I've heard it reported as low as four, yeah, is what they offer, which is almost. Which is just barely over half of what he's making, and so I think that was kind of insulting and, and disrespect. I mean, yeah. in, his, in his eyes, disrespectful, and that's why he was like, "Okay, I need to get out of here because I'm not really wanted here." And so uh, people freaking out over that, I think, is or saying he's just he's only about the only about the money in this. I think is a little bit off base. I think this goes back. You you have to understand there's more than just money involved with, with players and clubs. Rattling through some of the the other news from MLS this week, there's another big departure. Atlanta's Miguel Almiron got his big move to Newcastle. Do you class that as a big move? No. No. <laughs> sorry, the, the, sorry to all the magpies out the, there. The sorry, of Gordy was, and Will. The amount of money is pretty big, $27 well, yeah, million. Beat the previous record that we got for Fonzie. But I, I, want, I want to contend, I, I feel like if you look at the profit, it's oh, not as much. Oh, yes. Because they, they, spent, they spent $13 million for him. Yeah. So Have you they, tweeted that out? No, I don't can't remember. Oh. I, no, probably not. Uh, but uh, but uh, essentially, it was a fourteen million dollars. I think somebody did Andrew Weeby or something. one of the one of those guys. They tweeted out that you know if you look at the salary and everything like that and how much they spent on them, it's still uh, it was a good it was a good you know profit yeah. for them. You, you don't get that very easily. It's a lot to pay for him, yeah. but if he saves Newcastle season and keeps him up, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, for sure. A big move internally. Aiko Parra, now th- this was a surprise to me because I would have loved him here. I know MDS is really high on him. Aiko Parra, going from Kansas City to Minnesota for 900,000 TAM, which could rise to a million. If Minnesota makes the playoffs. Yeah. Now, we're talking crazy money at the moment, just in general, for MLS trades. It's just insane. Great addition for Minnesota. Biggest MLS trade for a defender in history and the fifth biggest on paper for a player in any position. We're talking about biggest. Biggest you're talking about allocation. Yeah. But it wasn't me again. It was somebody on Twitter. Uh, It was actually a Kansas City uh, blogger. I think it was on their SB Nation. Um, I I think it was something Cauldron or something. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They mentioned that they were doing the the maths and they said, um, see, I used the British way. Um, They were essentially the gam because uh, they were comparing Waston, Hagland, and um, Opara. And Opara was all TAM. Now, you've said before that 1.5 gam equals 1 TAM. So if you look at that, uh, Waston was actually worth more 
in mm. the trade because it was more Gam than Tam. And then Hagland was surprisingly high, or very close to, or not close to, but like half, which That's, nobody should never be. Yeah. I mean, they're that that was start. that we was a all this crazy money. that was a bizarre overpayment for Hagland yeah. up to this day. Yeah, Pierre Vermees blamed Apar and his agent for the trade. Well, he, he keep, didn't want to lose him. He, he wanted uh, a significant raise in his yeah. salary, or else he wanted to be traded. Again, again, I don't blame any player in MLS who who goes out to get what they want because no, M- MLS, you're as a player, you're a slave to the league. Yep. and uh, and it's not like the rest of the world. And so, I, any player who wants to fight that, I'm I'm most likely going to be standing like standing in their corner. And. I know people. Slave to the league is an overstatement. Well, no, so, I've, I've described it as you, basic and you sign, slavery you, before. You sign the contract and stuff, and I probably shouldn't use that language to compare. Well, it's all this like discovery rights and homegrown rights, and well, just the, the, the Celtic loan to Nashville that can't go ahead because <laughs> oh, yeah. it's another homegrown player from Chicago. I yeah. think it was Chicago, Nashville's not yeah. even in MLS yet. But they're but, oh, that yeah, that was that was bizarre. Uh, that was, I think, Garber or whoever is MLS, like really putting the screws to uh, Nashville. Yeah, and, and wh- wh- what was the player's name? I can't remember the player's name. It was Chicago, right? It was in in Chicago. Chicago yeah, but that was that was bizarre. Two players not going anywhere. Carlos Vela is not going to Barcelona. He wants to stay in LA. That was bizarre too. That that was, yeah. I feel like that was an agent setting well, something up. Yeah, like you've got him going to Barca, which I guess. He's a good player. He's played in the World Cup. He's but he's not Mexican Barca international. Quality. No, but then you've got they're talking up DC United's Luciano Acosta was going to PSG, which was also c- crazy. Yeah, but, I mean he's a good player. Yeah, there's been various reports like he scored 18 goals, 33 assists, and 96 MLS appearances. That's a good return. Yeah, I it's don't like, think it's like he's, half a I don't think he's PSG quality. And but I don't think he's worth the money. Yes. One report had it that was eight and a half million US. And then another thing I saw, and we're thinking this could be euros or we're not sure, but yeah. one thing said DC wanted 13 million, PSG offered 11.5. So that would sound like American funds, the ten, the eight to 10 sounds like uh, Yeah, eight to 10. I, I saw it 10 and then 10 was what uh, DC wanted and eight was what PSG was offering. So I'm surprised you wouldn't take that if it was that close. I know. Because I don't think you're going to get anything else. He might move on in the summer, but they've got him for now. And if we're talking about silly money, we we found out that now an international spot, which I think was valued at about seventy five thousand before, seventy five to hundred, went for a hundred and seventy five thousand. Was it Gammer Town? Do you remember? Oh, that I can't remember. But Montreal gave Columbus that for an international roster spot. That's odd too. That's sometimes. just. I think it's the thing is we like we during the draft. Some people were paying fifty thousand. Some people were paying a hundred thousand. Yeah. It's like well, weird, and it's, yeah. it was similar. Tam. So yeah, again, this is just an incident. This is, doesn't this doesn't set the market or anything, right? No. Yeah. Ho- ho- it seems like not, the, 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 the minimum though. You focus saying, well, that's what that what, what they've for. said in the past though. The minimum is fifty thousand. You can't move less yeah. than fifty thousand. Yeah, but I think it was the impact. Maybe one of the, whoever the sold uh, bought it was desperate. Maybe yeah. And oh, then for obviously. signing, and then they needed it badly. And or it's Bez Pacheco milking Montreal. Last thing I want to just mention the MLS section is Tom Marshall wrote this on ESPN saying that according to sources, MLS and Liga MX are mulling an eight-team tournament in the second half of 2019. That's... Now, 
a tournament between the top or four clubs from MLS and four from Liga MX is exciting. It's return it's of the a, Super League, but not at this stage of the season. No, it is, yeah. but also the teams are uh, supposedly Western Western yeah. teams. So oh, and, could be and, us. Then, and the Mexican teams um, are near the border. That was mentioned. So, Tijuana so, so they, they so essentially, they're, what they're doing is they're trying to get so there's not very much travel involved. Even in that. so, to but do still, it in the business end of the season, and this this will ridiculous. be in addition to uh, a Campeones Cup. Yeah, and, oh, is that happening again? Yeah, and oh. then a potential MLS and versus Liga MX All Star game. Which that, was that? I don't mind. I yeah. think that's good. Well, because the also game is, I, yeah. I think, is useless anyway. I mean, it's it's a marketing thing. That's only someone had posted on the Voyagers Facebook group saying, "Oh, they'll increase it soon to make it twelve. or before CPL teams like being genuinely serious." And it's like these teams are not on the level with the no, whatever no. four teams they have from all these things. Well, if I was CPL teams, I wouldn't want to be in no. this meaningless. It raises your raises your profile, profile but uh, and there, and it makes it look like a there big will be, league. You assume there will be a prize money for the winners, but... Yeah. And we'll, we'll have some CPL chat in the final part of the show in headlines, and we'll be back with that and more after this. Hi, this is Andy Rose, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. Music there from one of Steve's favourite movies from the 80s. No, not from the 80s, actually. I, this is is the, it not from the 80s? No, this actually now, because it is the 4th of February, it's the 25th anniversary of Ace Ventura Pet yeah, Detective. Okay. Oh, and the song was uh, in there yes. because Einhorn was Finkel and Finkel was, was Einhorn. Einhorn. <laughs> Hey, well, you should probably say spoiler alert, no? Oh, shit. I missed that. <laughs> we'll edit that out. That was a crying game, anyway. It's wavelength time now, my favourite part of the show. And since we've had a swearing episode, I thought, great, I've been saving this song, because it's got lots of swearing in it. Next time we have a show with swearing, I'll play it in. So, explicit language warning, there's swearing throughout this. This is by the Mac Lads, who we, we heard into introducing the start Band of Band America two. and UK wide. Yeah. Except for Scotland. Yep. Big in Canada now as well. And this is a song from their 1990 album, Beer Necessities, called Don't Fear the Sweeper. A bag of shite. The goalie is a twit and the striker is a twat. The referee's a gate and he's blinded than a bat. So what? You scored? Why show your fucking guts? You might have won, but we 
The Mac lads there with Don't Fear the Sweeper from 1990. The ending of that song, I actually cut it off earlier. There's another 55 seconds of them just going, Oh, Macclesfield. Oh, Macclesfield. And then and then Nick Dessert keeps talking. <laughs> I thought when you said Don't Fear the Sweeper, I thought it was going to be like Don't Fear the Reaper from oh. a, a Blue Oyster Cult. Oh, yeah, maybe, thought, it, maybe it was named after No, that. but it was not anything close <laughs> yeah, no, to like, what oh, okay. the song was. <laughs> I went to see Ebb's Fleet United play Macclesfield oh. in a non-league game a couple of years back. Did you choose the starting eleven? I didn't. No, I was after all that <laughs> nonsense. But the Macclesfield fans, they only really had one song that night, and it was terrible. It was like, oh, Mackie, 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 Macclesfield. Terrible. Tell you what's not terrible. That's a, I like that tune, though, but. Oh, it's a good tune. Yeah. It's time now for BC Soccer Web Headlines. BC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with the Mac Lads and bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, reviews, booze and ooze. Okay. Anyway, what's been oozing out of your eyes this week, Steve? <laughs> Usually crud in the morning. Ah, oh, that would be... Breakfast Well, it was friends. a nice time. There was a lot going on this week. Yeah, a lot going on. Uh, a, a quick update. Um, 
they have found the wreckage of the player um, uh, that was oh, translated. Salah. Salah, yeah. yeah that's a, um, oh. they, they found some cushions yeah, uh, that they sure. identified. So they're still trying to find the wreckage uh, uh, through the channel, but it's very, it's obviously very difficult to find. But they have found some evidence that the plane went, uh, like, uh, of, mm. of the plane itself. Um, yeah, I've watched the Cardiff game on Saturday. Very emotional. Yeah. Can I can I ask what might sound like an insensitive question? What happens in all this? Like, what happens on the football side of all this? I have wondered that as and well. And nobody's mentioned they, it either. No. They've paid a lot of money for that Was it player. $25 million? He's... I can't remember. I think it was, it was, it was, I think it was $25 million US. And then, I, I had 17 in my head. I heard head. 15 too. I heard 15 as well. So I, I heard okay. multiple numbers. But yeah, they've paid that but money. It was a record for the club. it was their player. Yeah. I guess there's some insurance that you would you would think call it on. Have, yeah. yeah. Hey, sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean. No, but I have wondered that as well because this is a, this is such an unusual. The tragedy is, and there's important. no way any journalist in England is going to be asking no. that question right off the bat. No, no, no. no. Give, give it another week in the world. Yeah. Um. So some news. Um. Internationally, Spanish league banned second division club Reus for three years. The ban is for not play, paying their players for several months. They were also fined two hundred fifty thousand euros. This despite a takeover from American investors last week who promised to revamp the, uh, the stadium and the, everything in the uh, area around. Uh, they have two weeks to appeal, but current players are already allowed to sign elsewhere. Uh, the club was founded in 1909. Uh, they forfeited their last two matches and will, if this appeal is upheld, they'll forfeit every match for the remainder of the season. That's embarrassing. Several months too. That was it. Wasn't even like uh, like the second tier in Spain. Yeah, La, uh, La Segunda. That's that's yeah. embarrassing. Well, I mean, you say that, but there's there's been clubs in England and the top two tiers that's had trouble with payments. Like Bolton were in serious shit. Right. No, okay, but and then Leeds. But, and, but they didn't forfeit games. No, different rules though, because it's like if you're not paying your players, the players should say, "Look, I'm not playing," and then you're forced to forfeit games. The players played without being paid. The UAE is protesting the eligibility of a couple of Qatari players. Um, now, this is after they lost. I think it was four yeah. nil, and, had, really and they now, threw shoes. The, the finals they, being they, played. No, no, they shoot through. They were. Uh, this was at the time when yeah. they were trying to the demand that they were expelled and they would get the final spot. They were throwing shoes at the players after the goals. Yeah, um, interesting there. Uh, they claim that the uh, both players have not been living in Qatar for the last five years. Um, Almos certificates weren't right. Well, Almos Ali, uh, who actually broke the goal record for the Asian Cup in the final, he scored the first goal. Was born in Sudan, while Bassam Al Rawi uh, was born in Iraq. They have uh, they have they've said that both their mothers were born in Qatar, and that's how they were able to get the yeah. right to play. The, uh, the UAE says they have proof that. Al Rui's mother was actually born in Iraq, but Qatar has uh, similar proof that would uh, dispute that. Um, this was after, obviously, like we said, the four nothing loss to, uh, to to Qatar. Qatar did defeat the uh, surprise Jap- Japan yeah. in the final. I think it was four one. I mean, where have they come from? They were dreadful for years, and now all of a sudden, but this as is, they're about to host, no, the this is no, money no. invested. This yeah. is money invested again. They, they have been trying to do this for a long time. There was a there was a time where. There was, th- I think, three Brazilians who were at Borussia yes. Dortmund yeah. who they said, oh, we'll give you citizenship. Will you play for us? And the, they were the players like, yeah, we'll consider that. And FIFA stepped in and said no. 
uh, and they that's when they were tightening or began to tighten up the rules or whatever. If this is true, this is this uh, like this is just unfortunate. Yeah. Like like we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but like to me that I know not a whole club versus country debate, but like the, if 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 any player can choose to play for any country, if the if the bar is so low, it just becomes a number of form of club yeah. football. Yeah, which, yeah. which is not what, what, didn't not, you, what I, not what I want. Didn't Japan it. for a long time have a lot of Brazilians playing for them? But again, they are were guys who played in Japan for five years or whatever, yes, and then yeah. became Japanese. I, I or I've Japanese said before, I don't like this. Like Scott Arfield playing for Canada, love him. He's doing great. It's great for him. He's maybe going to appear in a World Cup, but she wouldn't have done with Scotland possibly. He's not Canadian. He's Scottish. We've got guys playing for Scotland that were born in England, lived all their life in England, but because one of their parents is Scottish, they qualify. I just don't... I think you should be born in the country, and then that is what you do unless you move to a very young age, like Alfonso, and you've had your schooling here. I think that should be the only exception. I mean, it's maybe a bigger discussion we have another time. But it's yeah. it's a but lot better you, now than it was before. If you look at there the, are lo- the rules, are Canadian much better. Team, uh, t- yeah. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, Carl yeah. Valentine as an example. He's yeah. one. Yeah. Remember they were trying to get Gershon Kofi? Oh yeah, for Canada, and that didn't work because he played in a, yeah. a B. No, he uh, could. No, he could switch. My my last big question about this whole Qatar thing is: Do you bring the extra shoes to the stadium to throw or just in the throw pitch? Your own. Yeah, or do you throw your own? And then how do you get home? You have no shoes. They'll walk home with their bare feet, or you go on the pitch after and get them and walk home. Well, maybe they, yeah, maybe they put them out there. But then you you can identify if you want to identify the people. Just write write your name in the yeah. shoe. Steve Pander, age forty six and three quarters. <laughs> age forty six. He's not that old, man. Not that old. Just randomly picked an age. Okay. Um. Uh. Some uh, news in North America. Columbus Crew. Congratulations to actually Vancouver native Pat Alstead. He was named technical director of Columbus Crew. Um. He's held a number of positions in MLS. So, and he's, so below, he's below Bezuchenko. Yeah. Hey, Makes w- sense. unrelated to that, but you know we missed Steve's 40th birthday. He he let it go under the radar. I think, right? You didn't want it. Was that not that the was, one? No. What's he talking about? Was that not a couple my 50th ago? birthday. Oh, that was that's maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. I let that go. That was radar. his. That yeah. was your. Okay, that was your 50th. Yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah. Wasn't it? Was it one of our nights where we Yeah, were, we did a show. Yeah, that's. That sucks. I like to keep it quiet. We didn't have a, a, no big party? No. Okay. I knew it was his birthday. I, knew, I just didn't wish it because I know he doesn't like it. Oh, okay. That's fair. I had the strippers in the car. So, um, FC Cincinnati. Got the wallpaper right off. <laughs> FC Cincinnati uh, played their first uh, couple of preseason matches. The first one, they tied uh, Montreal Impact 1-1. I think Darren Maddox did score, if I remember correctly. Um, on Saturday, they played again. Kendall Waston, friend of the show, was sent off in the 21st minute. No. <laughs> no, but, Kendall. But it was one of those games where It they, was outside the box, so no penalty given. No, but it was one of those games where oh, they, they yeah. just put on another yeah. guy. Yeah. It didn't matter. But the, the, the thing the, is, there the were online comments about yeah. Waston from the Whitecaps fan base. No. He's not popular here. Anymore. No, but you know what? Some of, the, some of the comments, like when Cincinnati tweeted it out, uh, that he was sent off. Some of the comments were from Vancouver fans. Oh, yeah, they were from uh, MLS as well, fans like, as well. Get used to this. Yeah. So I, I laughed. So David Beckham's running into a little bit of issue with his Miami MLS team. We talked about how he uh, bought into the English side what? last week. So That doesn't sound like I mean, something. Man, it's gone so smooth. Yeah, it's been Com- such a great ride. It's been a couple of lawsuits. Uh, so one of the lawsuits is arguing that it's unclear how much land they will be taking over to build a stadium complex with additions to all the shopping stuff. Um, in the in the thing it says uh, in the 
well, reported says 131,000 acre, uh, acres. Um, and, but, oh, sorry, 131 acres. Uh, in the, there, A lot of people are saying it's going to be 151, so that's a big discrepancy right there. Another suit is focusing the issues on requiring Beckham. But everybody, everybody knows Beckham, but they also want all the business associates and the lobbyists to be revealed. Because there's a lot of secrecy uh, when this kind of thing has been put Does together. It, do you know who is bringing these suits? I'm assuming it's people against the stadium being built. Pro golfers. Yeah. I think it's a golfing... Uh, I didn't the see the names there. associated yeah. with it. No. Um, so, News in Canada. Volkswagen Canada. You t- mentioned them before. Yes. They, will, they have been named a founding partner of the Canadian Premier League. It always struck me as the ideal shirt sponsor for the for Whitecaps. Whitecaps, yeah, VW. I know they're with DC, but it's like, get your VW on the Whitecaps strips. And it wouldn't even look like an advertisement. No. Um, they'll be a national sponsor in all stadiums, so they'll kind of ha- be all over the place, uh, similar to, I, I guess, Budweiser too. is. They'll be a, like a main sponsor. They yeah. might even mm-hmm. sponsor the whole league. It might be the Volkswagen. KCPL. I think it said one shirt will have Volkswagen yes. on it. Yeah. One, one, club will have one club it will be their kids. Who's going to be the lucky? I hope it's so, Pacific. That'd so be so if you, it's whoever <laughs> doesn't get one. No, it's not Pacific. <laughs> it's going to be most likely York. Oh. It'd be York. It's going to be York or Forge. Or Forge, yeah. But because they're going to be in the first game, yeah. Which so one? The, the the there Spoiler. was. If you read the the Canadian the CPL release was different than from reading the the Volkswagen release. Yeah, I think so. In the Volkswagen release, it it, it said they're one of seven founding partners. So it oh. sound it sounds like there's going to be seven founding. I could be wrong. You have but to think is, Tim Hortons will be one. Yeah, for that you think that would be four. They got to get an airline company in one. <laughs> that would be ideal. But it sounds like there's going to be seven founding partners, and each one of them is going to be the kit sponsor. Oh, okay, gotcha. That, that, that's not that makes sense. Stone, that does make sense. So they're obviously naming one at a time. Keep keep them in the news cycle. I mean, another reason I think the Whitecaps should have had Volkswagen <laughs> oh, no. on their shirts is, I mean, they've had trouble with emissions. Uh, we talked about the inaugural match. It's going to be Forge hosting York 9 um, on April 27th. In or, Am- as I oh, sorry. Like to yeah, call yeah. it, in Hamilton. Hamilton versus York. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, so there's obviously the, some people in the Toronto area are frustrated by this, if you yes. know that, but um, because it's two hours prior it's to kickoff for the, for the TFC. A little bit weird. TFC Portland game. Yeah. It's a little bit, okay, it's a little bit weird, sure. But one, you don't know what's happening with broadcast officially yet. No. So some people are like, okay, this is going to be double header or whatever. But that still doesn't deal with the issue for the people, because there are people who are season ticket holders of both. Mm-hmm. And, and the people in the, the area. But here's the thing. Well, yeah, John Pickett, a writer at AFTN for York, is a TFC fan. He, he was planning on going to both games. Right. But, but here's the thing. Uh, is it ideal? Uh, no. I, there, I don't know what it is, but there must be some reasons why they've chosen this. Whether it's stadium availability, at weekend starting, that, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Forge was always going to be in the opening game because of the yep. own, the owner is the guy who's doing most of the backing for the whole league. Um, so that that's that's not surprising, and the fact that they chose the derby is not surprising. You expect expect the other game to be Calgary Edmonton, and I think they'll go with the third quote unquote derby of coast to coast with Pacific versus. Uh, well, Halifax every game and leave Winnipeg. Derby, they, they, they might well, every game is a Canadian they, derby. They, they might as well but, get that over with right off the bat. But here's, so here's the thing: if the you live in, if you live in Toronto and you love football, even if you are passionate about Toronto FC, would you not want to miss one league game? I yeah, I and agree. go to the first ever. Yeah, like I so I heard some people talk, down talking about oh they you know they won't be able to sell out. The, I think the stadium should be sold out. And and there's I mean there's good things around this like York is I don't know if you've heard about this yep. York York's like they bought a thousand tickets 
So they bought like a yep. section or whatever. They're transporting they're, the fans. And they're giving them to their season ticket holders. I've Not heard, only did I know about this, we wrote about it on the site. Right. You haven't you read go. it yet. No, I haven't read that part. I can't. I don't read everything. That, I mean, you're like a what? machine. You're like a machine. You, you, it would be a 24-7 to read your stuff. Well, yeah, that was our, our new writer, John, put that out. Right. We've had stuff up as well from our Calgary writer, Scott Strasser. Halifax too, right? And Halifax, yeah. Gary Griffiths. We're still looking for writers that's going to cover Winnipeg, as I like to call them. Valor, I can't remember all these <laughs> stupid names. So a team that's going to cover Winnipeg, a team that's going to cover Edmonton, the properly named one. And if anyone that's island-based wants to cover Pacific, let us know as well. We are also looking for a summer intern. Okay. That's just an intern called Summer. Oh, okay. If she's out there, please <laughs> get in touch. Oh, Michael. Um, so next one, appropriately, uh, is about the NWSL. Uh, the, the, the they were talking about women's. This is actually a story from Harji Johal. Yes, um, Harji journalist. Official. Now the the thing is, the, there was a number of things mentioned. One thing I was really interesting was the the uh, NWSL president claimed the Caps wanted a primarily to play a Canadian players, which seems reasonable. Quite right. And own, but owners of the other owners of the NWSL didn't want a national team playing in Vancouver against their player their yeah. their teams. What? Which I, I don't I think you were going to get that. You're not going to get a full yeah. Canadian national team. Like what? What do they want us? The one of Vancouver to sign Americans yeah. or something? I mean, the like, Whitecaps—they forced the, them to an MLS. Whitecaps are going to get stick for not having a women's team, but if that's the stance that they took, you've got to back them a hundred percent. Yeah, that. and it, and it the, has to have been a team for Canadian players. Yeah, or what was the point? And they mentioned that the talks broke down, and they were they were yeah. talking last summer. I, I was told that the, originally it was about ninety-five percent a done deal. Yeah, and then it just all went to shit. I think it's obviously that might have yeah. been the big issue. Um, uh, the CONCACAF boss, uh, Victor Montagliani, uh, expects Canada and the 2026 World Cup host to get automatic berths. I he would go- hope so if it's a 4-8 team. Yeah, World he Cup. goes, that's my expectation and we'll push. We will be pushing for that. Um, he said on Wednesday, I don't see the rationale not to have it, quite frankly. He also said that it's either going to be three automatic bursts or zero. So there won't be a thing where it's just America getting the automatic oh. burst. It'll be it's either all three teams or nobody gets it and everybody's got to qualify. You tell him, Vic. That would be ridiculous. Well, but but what he's saying is that it's not going to be a special. The, the, he, what he meant to say was he, it's just not America. Yeah. Uh, hosting it, it's Mexico and Canada. It's a United exactly. bid, so it should be all three. A um, couple of uh, just want to mention quickly a couple of Can young. You, I should know if they had zero. And then America didn't qualify. <laughs> that would That'd be, be great. That would be great. <laughs> um, a couple of uh, quick points uh, on a couple of players that were loaned out during the transfer window. Yeah. Uh, uh, young Canadians. Uh, Balotabla has been uh, gone to Albacete. Is that how you pronounce that? Yeah. Um, in close. And Spain's second tier. Um, Liam Miller uh, is going from Liverpool to Kilmarnock. Yes. Well done. Um, Tell us about Kilmarnock. There. Is, is that? It's an Ayrshire. Is it's that, where Biffy Clyro come from. Kilmarnock, is that? That's one of um, Haber's former clubs, isn't it? He played for St. Johnston. I don't know if he was with Kelly. I thought he played for like all, almost all of them. Somebody um, tweet that out. Baloo, Baloo Tabla, um, I feel bad for him because already he's going to have one forfeit in his league. As we oh, just yes. One last game. Well, they made it where he played them. No, but home, it's proper leagues you play home and away. So oh, gotcha. Yeah. But that is it for this week's show. Just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. For me, it's at Zachary AM, and I'm a part of the Movement Curve Collective. And one thing I've learned on this show is that you guys are awesome. Aw, thanks, Zach. 
He missed us talking about you when you weren't here. <laughs> I'm Michael McCoy. You can find me on Twitter when, at AFT in Canada. When he was lo- uh, locked outside the, the doors. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go and let him in. He looked like he was going to freeze. Oh, it was nice. Oh. I'm from Sudbury. Oh, true. Yeah. TFC fan. <laughs> you can give us a follow on Instagram at AFT in Soccer and read all our stuff away from the numbers. AFTN.ca. Lots of MLS, white caps, and Canadian PL stuff up on the site. Until next week, thank you for listening. Take care. Call me Summer and mourn the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Thank you.